Yes, that's right, main female protagonist. I do need you to go to this location. What? You're calling me the asshole? Hi, I'm Sparks Witty. We're here on the Fake Nerd Podcast episode 248 to talk about two things where that situation is relevant to both. And it's gunpowder milkshake and something is killing the children. We're doing it today. I'm here with Ryan Eliopoulos. It's me. We're going to find out what killed those children. And Brandon T. McClure. Hello. And Ben Magnet. So I've actually tried a gunpowder milkshake. Wouldn't recommend it. I'm sure it's like chalky in the throat. Yeah. It's very chalky. It's just, it's got this weird, like, like just disgusting flavor to it. It's just like, mm, I wouldn't. Stay away. Just gun stick with the- I've had gunpowder explode in my face. That's oh, no. Way. Seriously? Or is it a bit? That's a bit. Okay. Brandon, uh, aficionado of guns, Ben. Clear- yes. yes. The only person on this podcast I think I believe that comment from is this one. Hey, what's up? Because he comes from Texas. I'm dangerous and from the South. I, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about, for whatever reason, when Ben was talking about gunpowder milkshake, I was just thinking about how all the all the uh, like um, uh, pirate movies have a scene where they have to pour a, pour some gunpowder to some bigger gunpowder barrels to make it a big um, boom. They didn't, they have to pre, pre-gasoline. Three yeah. dinosaurs. There you go. Do they all have that? What? I mean, what? I oh, my I memory know. of them is they do, but I haven't seen them in a while. Mm. A lot of sticks with like dynamite and like yeah. Watch. Just watch those pirates. Maybe I want to look this up. <laughs> I mean, I want to watch them all again. I weirdly guys oh, yeah, gotta stop me. You guys gotta stop me because I have had a hankering to watch Transformers the last night. Don't. And I, I don't know why. Brandon, you watch all the you watch things all the time. I can't stop you. Like I can't stop you with this one if you want Brandon, to. Do it. I, know, I, I will literally text you. You'll be like, "You're right." And the next day, you'll be like, "I watched it," and I'll be like, "I don't even know why I talked." If you want to wanna watch it, just watch it. Like I'm, it's not available on a streaming service, and I don't feel like renting it. I'm good yeah, for now. Okay. At least you stopped yourself. That's good. Yeah. Just watch uh, the just watch the uh, the pitch meeting. Oh yeah, it. watch the YouTube pitch meeting. Now oh, yeah, remind you. Like, oh yeah, that's why I don't want to watch it because that was uh I did that for Pirates 5, and I was like, wow, I really never want to see that movie ever again. I do want to watch Pirates 2 again, though. Okay, I want, yeah, yeah, Pirates definitely. 2 is not the same as Pirates 5. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. We're on Pirates. What were you saying, Ben? I was going to say, Brandon, you and I saw um, last night, the like Transformers last night, once in theaters. That was enough. So I, think I, always, I think I always... Oh. I'm pretty sure Transformers the last night is the only movie in my life I've ever seen by myself. Oh, I used to go to the movies well, all the time. Yeah, I saw Fast Nine by myself. Nope, two movies I saw by myself. Fast Nine. And, I, I, I guess uh, I need to clarify: no friends and nobody. Yeah. Oh, just oh an empty theater. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Like, like absolutely alone, yeah. and I was like, "Hmm, this is a sad experience." <laughs> I retract no, my no. statement. The only movie that's happened for me was Valerian: The Scene of a Thousand Plants, and I only counted because the two guys who were also in the movie theater with me what got up and walked out like 15 minutes in. Well, that's their loss. They miss Rihanna. What was the one? What was the movie that I watched? Where? Oh, Boss Baby Two. I went to see Boss Baby Two, and people walked out of that theater. I was like, what, "Did you guys not know what you went to see?" Seriously, I did. Um, uh, well, anyway, we had links in the description, guys. There's links in the description. We didn't. This was a slow week for the Fake Nerd Podcast. People's, you know, just everything is whatever. Uh, but uh, we had a Black Widow episode last week where we talked about the newest MCU film, Black Widow. That now, that review, Just Black Widow, exists as its own video. I've linked that below. Um, and if you just want to listen to the Black Widow stuff, uh, watch the Black Widow review. That's there. 
My God, and so strong. Ryan, hey, did a downright annoyed earlier today. I sure did, and we talked about um, a 1983 sci-fi movie called The Ice Pirates, and that is a a well-known, really bad movie that I think over time has gotten a little more uh, more love. It's a super low-budget, uh, like very cheesy, like rip-off Star Wars and Dune, but like really tongue-in-cheek and fun. Um, I had a really good time with it. It's it's super dated. It's really offensive at times. Like they use the N word in the movie, which I, I can't, it blew, blew me out of the water. You guys <laughs> came out of nowhere. This is like a star Wars movie. And then it, it, they say it. I'm like, wow, man, the eighties sucks. Um, so besides that, I thought it was a pretty good time. I, that's a movie where I'm like, oh man, they could remake that movie and it actually be really cool. I think the idea is cool. Like water in the galaxy is like, there's no more water. So like they're ice pirates. Like, I think that's, it's a, it's a cool idea. Uh, so that's what I did. That. So that's linked below. You can check out uh, that. Ryan, I uh, did tune in. You were a floating head. You were an actor in that movie. I picked I picked a good green screen background with all the characters, and then it was just my head, so I became the main character. That's, man, green screen technology. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, the the Loki episode six video also will be will be similarly <laughs> funny for this reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the non retinoids are are really hilarious right now because of Ryan's new green screen yeah. suit. Thank it you, Amazon. Just just seeing his and just seeing what he does with the green screen is actually pretty funny because there are times because honestly it's when we were recording we recorded in the middle of the day, it we were recording it was warm and then Ryan just kept taking sips and my brain had I, it, it looked like his cup was floating. Honestly, and I had to you keep missed, it like, no, it's not floating. It's just the green screen suit that he's wearing. You missed last week where he came out of the rhinoceros butt from Ace Ventura. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I missed it, but I think he told me he was going to do that. Because when I came over to the house, he came down wearing his suit. He was like, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, anyway. uh, get, uh, uh, stay tuned not anytime soon because because like i'm actually gonna like put effort into these videos uh so like stay tuned in the future for more green more stuff so, coming more stuff coming yeah nice all right but that's all the links down below so who wants to go first of the week i'll go um i played avengers and i played fortnite i also played some a little bit more transformers Dev devastation only like 30 minutes not not super super far i played mostly ghost rider uh because that's the game that i'm working on a video for uh that game's totally fine. Um, it's not like the worst game I've ever played, uh, which makes it even worse because like boring games are almost sometimes worse than like really bad games because at least there's like you can make fun of it. Um, so I did that. It's like movies in that way. It's exactly like movies, except like I got to do this for hours. Um, besides that, I did some stuff with you, I think. Barely. Barely. But I'll talk about that stuff with you. The yeah. two things we did together. Sure. Uh, besides that, yeah, it's mostly, you know, my, my comfort games, Avengers and stuff. I played a lot of Black Widow this week because I was, you know, a movie came out shit. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just piggyback off that because I also don't have a lot. <laughs> work is busy and busy is work and That's, busy is me. That is life. Um, and uh, again, this week was a lot of travel for me because of, of work, but also um, going down to Escondido again to be with uh, my sister-in-law and the nephew because uh, of his sleep regression and picking Megan back up because she was there for a few days and whole thing. Um, oh, sorry. I got some tattoos. I that's I spent, you did get tattoos. That's what I spent most of my Saturday doing is getting tattoos. I was about to say you can see the core of Al's one right there. Yeah, yeah. I got I got two. I got two babies. That's all. Nice. Uh, but anyway, aside from those things, um, hey Luna, go lay down. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I got to watch some Shark Week. Ooh, ha -ha. Nowhere near the amount that I wanted to. 
but it's okay. Shark Day. Because I bought Discovery Plus for a month, so I got time oh, yeah. to get into my Shark Week. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not not going to be an issue. Um, anything interesting about Shark Week? I always like asking you this every year. Anything interesting that you've seen so far? So literally, like the thing I'm anticipating the most came out last night, and Megan and I haven't gotten to watch it yet. And it's the follow-up on those two killer whales, um, Port and Starboard, who were killing all the great whites off South Africa. Their names are so Port and Starboard? Yeah, because their fins are the op- left and right. They bend. And uh, the weird thing about them is that neither of these orcas, there's no record of them ever being in captivity, which is generally how their fins get bent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no one knows why they're like that. So no they're wild murderers. Say them. Yeah, they're, they're wild. Like, they're wild serial. They're killers. the Bonnie and Clyde of the. Of it's the ocean. really cool. It's like like yo. That's like, really cool. No, really. Like marine yeah. biology right now. Like what's, what's going, going on, on with great white sharks down in South Africa? The whole just like South Africa marine uh, biome is like insane. Um, That's, so cool. That's cool. Yeah. So I I really want to watch that special. Um, uh, J- Jackass did a special. Um, oh, so Jackass. Jackass, Jackass did a Shark Week. Uh, it, it, it Pontius uh, got in the water as a matador with a red cape and got bull sharks to charge him. Amazing. Um, here's the thing. So I, I only briefly want to talk about it. But uh, so on Jackass, like they they go out there with a marine biologist, and he's like, "You are literally doing everything I told you not to do to get to to not have the sharks attack you," and they're doing it anyway um, because they're being dumbasses. Jackass. Uh, and I do think that this was always the plan, but what happens, what, what I'm about to say about the ending, but what happens before that is that on one of the stunts, one of them does get attacked by a bull shark pretty, pretty severely. He's fine, but you, it's weird because on shark week, you usually see recreations. If anything of any kind of shark attack, you don't usually see the, they always leave you like, Oh, this could be like NASCAR. Maybe he's going to crash. Maybe the shark's going to get, it never happens. It never, mm-hmm. ever happens. Well, it happened this time. Um, and you actually see the shark like completely go after him and everything. And it was all caught live and they insisted on like having the full thing in there and the whole medical emergency of it. Um, and I think that was probably valuable in a sense of like showing, yeah, they were stupid and they acknowledged like, yeah, you know, we don't blame, they made a really good point of saying, you know, like this is not on the sharks. We did this on purpose, not necessarily like on purpose to be bit, but like we were assholes on purpose. This is their domain it's not on the shark don't you know and so the end of the video is them going out and doing a respectful dive with the sharks uh with the marine biologists on a different day and like doing the things they're supposed to do and showing that the sharks are not inherently aggressive uh and things like that and i think that was probably how it was always going to end but it's an even better note in the sense of like having watched the shark attack happen before and they go back into the water with these sharks and they're like look you know if you're not a dumbass it's not so bad like these, these are beautiful creatures. They should be respected. And we were being assholes and not respecting them. Yeah. Um, so I do appreciate that aspect of it. Uh, so for that, I, I'm glad that was there. There's a new Jackass movie coming out. The final thing they're ever going to do. And I grew up uh, obsessed with Jackass. Yeah. Guys. Like I love Jackass. Like I, I thought those guys were so funny and wild boys and like, like everything with Bam. So like seeing these old men come back to do like a final hurrah where they're like, 
the, the poster they released is Johnny Knoxville getting shot out of a cannon. Yeah. And I'm like, this is why, uh, oh my God. <laughs> this is why they, they did the shark. Yeah. Was to help promote the movie. That's amazing. Uh, Johnny Knoxville completely took producer role. He was not on the boat. He was just like, I'm going to send you guys to do dumb stuff. Cause he's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's an actor now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, I'm a little against how much um, celebrityism has creeped completely into shark week. I didn't mind that every once in a while we had like one or two stars. Like it had started with like, you know, Oh, you know, here's one special with Shaq and one with Mike Tyson, and that's kind of it. Uh, we did one with Michael Phelps, which was interesting because we were comparing his like best swim times against the best swim times of, of sharks across short distances and bursts and things like that. And I'm like, that's really interesting. That's somewhat science-based. But we've gone full, like, I'm going to say, like, Tiffany Haddish uh, has one of the premier things for Shark Week this week. And she's probably one of the better celebrity guests, I think, on there, where I don't think that she's making some kind of stunt out of it, but actually there to learn something. Um, and that was really nice, uh, kind of like the Will Smith one, where I felt like Will Smith at least had a goal. Um, but there's other celebrity presences. Uh, there's I haven't watched all of it. I've seen clips from it. But there's uh, Josh Gates and William Shatner go out and do uh, a um, Shark Trek special. Which I haven't watched yet. And then, like, that's fun, but, like, the celebrityism is, like, almost getting to the point where it's half of Shark Week now. Mm -hmm. um, they had the stars from Sharknado come out and do a shark thing. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. And also, like, now Sharknado is part of Shark Week. Like, they air it and it's oh on. Plus. And I'm like, please, my God. Um, so that, that kind of sucks to see that happening. However, I will say uh, Stranger Sharks, which has. Um, uh, the actor who plays Will on Stranger Things uh, going out and doing a dive and they're like, they're they're actually learning some stuff in the Bermuda Triangle was kind of cool. They made it out? What? They made it out of the Bermuda Triangle? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man. Yeah, they went in there. Seen they, the... This is actually the second time they've gone out there in two years. Um, I have seen the miniseries, The Triangle, and yep. it told me that nothing makes it out of the Bermuda Triangle. That's where uh, it's my base. I'll too. definitely have like more to say about like shark week stuff as i get to watch the rest of it um i've heard and i haven't sat down to watch it because i've been waiting to watch it with megan but the very first thing that premiered the shark week was pretty cool it's steve Irwin's son doing a special called crikey at shark week Aww. uh apparently it's like really good it's like what everybody wants out of shark week like for the rest of shark week forever and i'm like i totally get it uh it's basically like getting a, a crocodile hunter episode about sharks all of a sudden and it's it's very much in the spirit of steve Irwin's show but with his son and it's very nice. It's very cool. Um, so there's Shark Week stuff. That's great. Uh, we watched Loki finale episode out. Uh, if you're watching this live, it's out tomorrow. If you're watching it later, it's probably out now. Um, lots to say about that, but go watch that episode because I'm not going to say anything about it here. Uh, Spoilers. We watched uh, the this week's episode of Motherland Fort Salem. We did make time for that. That show, that, probably the, the craziest episode of the show so far yeah. with the things that they're playing with. Um, a lot of politics in this episode. A, a lot of politics. Um, and I won't say all of it is sensible. Some of it's maybe not so great. Yeah. Uh, in just like the, con the the conceptualization and visualization of it. Uh, for example, like it's this big push for like a ceremony where they're bringing in new people to be witches, but people are protesting against it. And I'm like, it's, it's one of those things where like budget television is really showing because I'm like, we've got this small pack of protesters, but there's absolutely no supporters. Like this is not how this kind of ceremony or rally would work, especially with something that's on a national level. Yeah, there would be, there would um, be supporters there. Right, sure. yeah. right. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I get what we're doing, but like it's a, you're stretching it. Um, but still really cool. Some bold choices being made on that show. Really love it. Still love it. Go watch Motherland. Uh, can't praise it enough. Word. 
Lastly, though, oh boy, I want to spend some minutes talking about the stupidest thing I've seen on genre television in a while. And I'm I was there too. It's- and it's it's that we watched another episode of Titans season two. <laughs> now, before we get to just the beatdown, we're gonna give this episode real quick. And I don't understand <laughs> how I didn't hear about this stupidity before. Uh, I I think we both uh, I won't speak for you totally, but like we've liked Titans up to this point. Uh, uh, or uh, uh, I've li- I've liked a lot of things. Yeah, Titans. yeah. Like we've continued because like there's promise in the show, and I think the second season started very strong. And I liked a lot of the stuff they were doing in the second season, but now that we're in the second half, they're I feel like they're lost. We're three episodes from the end. We're three episodes episode. from the, the end. This was the third to last episode of uh, the season. But like the stuff that they were doing with Dick is just like whatever, and like the, the characters are like in places that just like. They're, they're just in bad places, and then we get to this episode, and then you can take over for... Okay, so 20 <laughs> minutes of the episode is about what I'm about to tell you. Raven and... Uh, Starfire. Starfire. Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl and... Um, who's the fourth one? Oh, Dove. Yeah, Dove. Are all in different places. We're following different story things with them. That's what's been happening this season, because they've kind of been off on their, their own things. Um, so... Two of them, two of them, no, one, Raven gets visions. Raven gets visions about Dick. About Dick being killed by Slade. Yes. In a, in a place called Elo. Elo? Elio. Yeah. Some some city in Kansas. Some small town. Yeah. Some small town. Yeah. So Raven's on a, on a path to go there because she thinks she has to help Dick. Magic visions. Magic visions. Cool. Get it. I'm with you. Great. Uh, Starfire. Wonder Girl. No, oh, not Girl. yet. Okay. That's the dumbest one. Wonder Girl <laughs> gets a phone call of garbled static that sounds like it has Rachel's voice coming through saying, I'm going here. Dick's in trouble. Okay. Not sure why that was staticky, but cool. I'm with you. Great. There they Elko. go. Elko. Thank you. Uh, there they go. Dove. The radio signal or something? The radio station starts playing that same message from Rachel. Staticky coming through her truck radio while she's driving. She's one mile from this town when that happens. Yes. We know it because it says it on a sign that she drives by. Okay. Her engine light comes on. <clears throat> All right. Now she's got to pull over and that's going to be the reason she stops in Elko because she didn't actually hear the name of the town in the message. Okay. Okay, okay. Starfire is in a hotel in Vegas. Isn't she at an airport? I thought it was a hotel in Vegas. Oh, I thought she was when looking she's, at when like she's a... with the guy. Oh yeah, okay. She's no, in yeah. like the suite. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, so first off, she's like having a whole like breakdown thing about Blackfire being in space and having sent her here and taking over her kingdom and all this shit. And she's like, she's hooking up with a guy who is like. I'm a psychologist. You look like you need to have things to talk about while they're like trying to do a makeout session. And he just, he just knows how to say the right things in two minutes. That gets her to just tell him the truth about everything. And this is just like a random hookup. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's, it's a random hookup that goes really fast. He kills the vibe. So she sends him away. Yeah. Static on her television. What do you think happens? The message from Rachel, right? That would make sense. At least it would be consistent. Wait, who's, how about, who's Rachel? Raven. Raven. Ra- Raven's real name is Rachel? Yeah. Uh, in, yeah. It's always been. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Raven. I honestly uh, didn't know that. A yeah, static message from Raven, right? Okay. Mm. So that's who I've been talking about, Raven. Yeah. Nope. 
static, static, static. It's multiple televisions. One television starts playing a commercial for the diner that Raven has had visions of, of this place with donuts being the primary thing where it's like, we got the best donuts in the world. And some redneck guy like standing in front of the diner and he's like, you gotta come here. And she's like, I guess I gotta go there. Cause that was a weird experience. Cool. They all end up at the diner. They're all like, wow, why are we all here? And Raven's like, I didn't contact you. Now I ask you with everything I just told you, who do you think did that? Control Flayed? Would your guess be Bruce Wayne? No. Oh, shit. It's Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne walks into the diner, and the, 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 the characters are also confused. But we're like, hold up a minute. You're telling me Bruce Wayne can give Rachel visions about Dick. He can do all this tech technology he stuff. Filmed like, he filmed a fake commercial. He filmed the fake He's never had donuts. Yeah, the he diner. He filmed a fake commercial to play into Starfire's suite. That she's been at for a day. It's it's so elaborate and it's it's so heavy brain thinking. <laughs> and and he basically just gets them together to say, Yo, go save Dick. You no, not even that. Yeah. You guys, you guys should probably stand together as Titans rather than being apart. All right, peace. Oh yeah, it's and like, then he it's drives like... away. And they're like, Did Bruce Wayne just do all that to mansplain to us that we should put the Titans back together? Yep. And Dove is just like Yep. And that's the end of it. And then two of them just leave yep. and ignore <laughs> that it happened. And I'm like, it's, it's one of the what most just happened. It's one of the most baffling things that I've, that I've really ever seen in, in, in like superhero TV. The moment like, Bruce Wayne walked in, he's in like a, a white blazer with a bright blue button up shirt. And I'm like, this is, this is not really Bruce Wayne. This is going to be like some, someone pulling a bullshit yeah. on them. Right. No, it's really just Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So uh, weird. The production value alone. I'm really hoping this just magically turned into vodka. Yeah. To make my brain cells not die quicker after what I just heard. And the thing is, like, this I, was four days ago, and I have been thinking about it ever yeah, since. Yeah, it's, it's truly bad. Like, okay, <laughs> like, uh, comic book television, I've seen worse comic book television in the sense of, like, poor quality. Yeah. Right? They're Legends season one. Let's just throw that out there. Like, that's poor quality television on a whole, I would say. At least I feel like there's a consistent, like, yes, it's bad writing, but it's like it's on a consistent trajectory of the story it's trying to tell. This just felt like complete illogical bullshit that just disconnected entirely from the narrative the, of the story, from yeah. the narrative of the characters, all for like meaninglessness and complete like absent-mindedness about who these characters are especially bruce wayne and i was like i i don't know if i've ever seen something this stupid in genre television and i've watched a lot of it yeah question for you guys you guys read a whole lot more times than i have but you guys remember control freak is he only in the cartoon or is he also in the comic books uh i mean i haven't read any titans recently so i, I definitely you. don't know the answer to that question no, i can tell you because the way honestly you haven't read any titans Oh, that's a shame. Oh, okay. Red, I'm sure I, see, I, read I, see where, I see where you're going, Ben, and you're right. Yeah. Control Freak would have made more sense, but guess what? Still wouldn't explain Raven's visions. No, it, yeah. it wouldn't have, but all the crazy shit. That's, that's the one that, like... That's the one that really sends me over the moon, even though, like, Bruce Wayne fa filming a fake commercial still gets me. And again, like, the dude... Bruce Wayne somehow, like, knowing that Raven on top of all of it was having visions. Like, not... I won't go so far as to say that the show is suggesting that he was giving her the visions, 
but that he knew she was having them. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I missed one part. She goes to a bus stop right after she has the visions, and then Elko magically shows up on the destination board. And they're saying that part is Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah, through technology. Oh, then it all makes sense then, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's just Whoa. like the dumbest shit you've but ever see, heard, the right? Thing, the thing is, it's like, I don't think this show has been this bad yet. And it just bums me out that like, oh, we're at this point and we're almost at the end of the season. Like, how are they going to come back from this? Like, there's so many loose ends and they're introducing new stuff at the end of this episode where I'm like, I still want to watch that season three. Like, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I didn't watch that trailer, but like all the new characters, yeah, I'm like, yeah, man, we'll get there. We're going to work through we're it. Gonna, we're going to finish this season and Ryan and I have agreed we're going to watch the first episode of the new season. And boy, if it hasn't like really picked back up, we're, we're done. Sorry. Because this was, we were both sitting there like, did we both like really lose our minds <laughs> or yeah. what the hell just happened? This is 20 minutes of this episode. It's really that it bad. Takes spending time on putting these characters together like that. And I'm like, literally you could have like phone called all of them. Yeah. 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 I don't know what this is. Like it's really Send stupid. A, a group text. Hey, be better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That sounds like we spent a lot of time on that, but like, really, it's one of the worst <laughs> things I've seen in TV in a long time. Like really bad. And I, I don't know how to stress you enough that it's so it was so like bafflingly stupid and it bums me out because again it's like oh man this is this is batman on tv and this is what we're getting i kind of feel like ryan reynolds and harold and kumar go to white castle where you know where he plays duct but he goes but why <laughs> okay so uh real quick also bruce wayne is in another part of the episode but he's not really bruce wayne he's imaginary bruce His wayne brain. because uh dick is having visions of him while he's having a fever in prison which like i'm fine with he has daddy issues i get it yeah. but i keep it's been a few episodes of them doing this like three at least and i keep waiting for bruce wayne to actually be in the prison and i'm like the one place he shows up is the place that makes even less sense he has like a like like a totally cool like it's, it's it was a fine it's a fine action scene with fake bruce wayne he's doing like a fight club basically and I'm like, this would have been great, like to have actually have Bruce Wayne show up, like in like Tony Stark did in Homecoming. Like, mm. if you were, you better be here. Like, that's what I thought was about to happen, but like, that'd be. Good. And like, you're that'd seeing him good. like in his imagination, like he's he's fighting the the sickness and this stuff he hates about himself by phys in, in his imagination fighting Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, man, what does this look like outside of the on like the people passing by the prison? And then they actually show us, and I'm like, it's kinda, silly. I kind of just wanted to think that question. Yeah. I didn't want to see the answer. Uh I, my final thoughts on this, I've heard that the finale with like, like the stuff that like the Deathstroke, it, it ends satisfyingly with him. So I just want to get to there until then, like, boy, we got a, we got a battle. To I didn't, I didn't mind so much that the stupidity was kind of trapped on Raven and Beast Boy and Starfire, as long as like my favorite characters were untouched <laughs> yeah. by stupidity. They brought Dove into but they this. Got, they got Donna and Dove being stupid yeah. in this episode too. And I'm like, no, the characters I like. They're slowly bringing them down. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway, Titans. That's Titans. That's that's it. Um, we just we just both knew we were going to want to spend some time chatting about this baffling moment that I I we both looked it up after too. Like people were just like, yeah, real good episode. This, I'm like, are you are you high? Yeah, the, I, the IGN review is like pretty high, and I'm like. I, I wonder if this was just like being the right place, right time thing, but like it's, it's just bad. It's just bad. Guys. No, sir. No, sir. That's it. And do you want to go next? Sure. I'll, I'll go next. So uh, Sparks, when you were talking about some of the stuff for uh, shark week, I did and kind of didn't watch shark week. Cause so discovery is playing at the gym I go to. And of course all the, like all the commercials are for discovery plus they're like, Hey, look at the shark week. And they have some reruns of shark week. I think they have the, the, 
the last special about those two killer whales because they were playing a special about the killer whales. And I was watching, I was like, oh, hey, this is the killer whales that Sparks mentioned. And um, I do I do see what you're talking about, about all the celebrities coming because they were playing, the uh, they were rewriting the William Shatner Shark Trek one. But the one I kind of want to see is with Snoop Dogg in the recording booth narrating the nature documentary because I just think that's funny. That was, um, that was That was last year. And I'll say like, I don't mind that one. I got to tell you, it's not really like him narrating a nature documentary, which honestly sounded cooler to me. Mm -hmm. Um, They just play a lot of different clips of like, most of it is people like their candid, like virtual YouTube videos and that kind of stuff. And him just being like, oh shit, I wouldn't go in that water. Um, And I'm like, (laughs) that's fun. It's that's totally fine. That is not the celebrityism level. That's like bothering me. I also don't think it's the best shark week content if I'm being honest, but like, it's Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say I wanted to try and get to your – next time we record in person, I was going to try and get to your place a little earlier so I could watch a little bit of Shark Week because I actually want to see it with a, a clearer picture instead of the static <clears throat> ramp one night I see at the gym. Shark uh, Week's cool. Oh, I, Shark Week is awesome. Shark Week, ooh, ah. Uh, so besides that, I didn't do a whole lot media-wise. Um, I didn't watch any more Demon Slayer. Unfortunately, I haven't touched Super Mario 64. Um, but I did get a little bit of reading done. I'm slowly but surely chipping away at my comics. I, I'm not caught up on all my X-Men books, but I'm getting there. So that's the thing. And also, I've been reading this. Uh, a while ago, I we were contacted by the um, publisher Inkshare, for, and they gave me an advanced copy of the book In Beta by Prescott Harvey. The uh, premise of this book is that two high schoolers in 1992 come across a demo disc and they find out that the town they live in, it's a small town in Washington, is actually a computer simulation, so they get to mess with it. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like not very far. I'm, I'm like barely into it. But funny story about this. So they reached out. I gave them my address and it's like, yeah, if, we can, if you can review it on the show, that'd be awesome. I'm like, yeah, sure. Um that wasn't the first book they sent me. Instead, this is the book they sent me called uh, On Home by Becca Spencer Dobiat or W. Yeah. They sent me this book. It's nothing like in beta. This book is about a, closet, a closeted lesbian cam girl who goes back to her home in West Virginia to deal with family stuff. I have been actually meaning to talk to you about this, Ben. Uh, yeah. You see, Inkshare reached out to me if I oh, could yeah. review that book um, oh. separately. Whoops. So uh, that was for me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, don't yeah. actually, I'm kidding. No. Yeah, <laughs> so, to be clear, because like sometimes you think it's real. Yeah, well, I mean, I knew this this book. I knew I knew this book was coming. I was looking forward to it because I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting an advanced copy of the book. This is sweet. I've never done that's never happened to me before. And when I opened the package, I opened this. And I'm like, this. I don't think this is the right one. Hey man, you don't know what you like until you try it. Well, I did. Uh, of course, obviously, I emailed, I got the I got the proper book. I let them. And I was like, hey, I think you sent me the wrong book. And they're like, oh shit, yeah, we did. So I I got the right one. So so far, I'm enjoying this. Uh, reading the premise, I was a little nervous. This was going to be very Reddit Ready Player One-ish, and so far, it's not. Why would you be nervous? You love that book. That's true. <laughs> I love you, Ben. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to open a well, roll. Guess, guess what, Sparks? Loved. There you go. Sparks, Sparks jumps on Ben and just rips open that Stay Ready Player nice. One mood. Just ripping it open. <laughs> I mean, I still really, like, I still really love the movie. I, if I were to go back to any Ray Player One media, it's definitely going to be in the movie before I reread that book again. 
hey man, I totally get it. You are the person who, when the Shut podcast up. started, said if any movie is going to save video game movies, it's probably Ready Player One. Go check out our fifth anniversary <laughs> Anyways, besides getting, besides uh, chipping away at my comic book stack and and reading it in beta, uh, yesterday I went to Frankenstein's with Adam just to go hang out and the show and tell portion of the episode. Okay, no, I'm not going to show. No, tell. I, mean, I want you to. I want you to. I was just kidding. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy VII. And uh, one of the booths had these Final Fantasy VII low poly blind boxes. So I got some. I got Tifa, Aerith, Red 13. But the first one I pulled is probably like, it is the coolest one because I have all these blind box. Well, you guys know what blind boxes are. There, There's always that really rare um, chase one that's like one in like the odds of getting it are super high. So you have to buy a whole bunch of them and to get any chance to get it. See, I have knots. Yes, I remember. I thought a blind box was a box that you open up that had a really bright light that blinded you for several seconds just to make you see God again. <laughs> so, really elaborate praying. So, we're clear. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the for the, these Final Fantasy figures, the, the chase one, the rare one, was Cloud in a dress when he goes to uh, um, Walmart to um, Walmart it. And it goes to Walmart. Final Fantasy VII does Walmart? It's Walmart. It's, that's, yeah. That's what it's called in the game. And that's the first one I pull. That's is cool. there is cloud in a dress low poly from final fantasy seven so Cute. yeah i i real quickly i saw i saw those in my preview catalog for the comic book store uh and i i, I thought about I, I wanted to get them for you as well um just in general those are really cool for blind box figures the polygon yeah. final fantasy seven oh, figures yeah. i think that's a really cool idea yeah these i mean for those of you who don't know, it's like, why are these low poly? Because these are what you, the character models that you see, like here's Tifa. This is what you see when you're like, you're going through the overworld. You're When the cut scenes are happening in the original Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation 1, this is what you see. You don't, the, the super detail is when you're in a fight scene and maybe a CG cut scene. That's it. But those are very few far between. Well, battles aren't, but the cut, but the CGI cut scenes are. So this is what you see. No fingers, block hands, and stream polygonal. And I love these. These are really cool collectibles, and I I'm glad I got a few of them. I pulled, to be honest, I pulled like two Renos, and I was able to trade for Tifa and Aerith. So now I'm just missing Cloud, Sephiroth, and Barrett. Those are the ones I want. I really don't give a shit about Reno. Sorry. You have Cloud right there. Well, cl- regular Cloud, not in his dress. There's better. <laughs> That's true. You got, you got the Cloud. That's all you need. It is the chase. Yeah, Adam was kind of to to uh, get me those because we saw him and he knew I really wanted them. And yes. uh, and yeah, yeah. Earlier today, I I went over to Lost Levels. Um, I went. I took my roommate's uh, Super Nintendo to try and see it get fixed because we plugged it in a while ago and it wasn't working. Turns out the system's totally fine. We just need to clean the game carts because he hasn't played those game cartridges in a long ass time. I do that old. No, no, don't. You don't want to do the oh. You don't want to do that because that's yeah, going to mess up the pins. It's going to mess yeah. up the connection. You need a you want Q-tips and isopropyl alcohol as close to 100% as you can get, and then you clean them really nice, and then that you're, you're golden. No, I'm pretty sure you just blow on it. Yeah, I see. I grew up blowing, and I, nothing I bad happened. I, I, so. I grew up doing that as well. Uh, it, I also grew, grew up, up blowing. blowing. <laughs> I'm not going to fit. I'm not going to say what you guys are saying. I know exactly. Coward. <laughs> no. Oh, we're talking about game cartridges. No, we'll splice out that audio and misuse it. Okay, there we go. Exactly. I'm not giving you the audio because I know you're gonna misrepresent it. About what? 
Shut up. Hold up. I got to talk. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, who, who here? Who, okay, quick. Uh, who here has watched Final Fantasy VII uh, uh, Machine Abridged from Team Four Star? Nope. I haven't watched that. All right, because right, uh, Mag is saying Thunderhead. It's a joke from the uh, from um, Hi, Team Four Star. It's Final Fantasy VII Machine Abridged. Nice. Yep. Thunderhead. I'll watch that when I beat that game I bought three months ago. Well, yeah. I still wouldn't cover all Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, man? Uh, no, that's about it. I put away the two games I bought, so I'm not going to pull them out for you guys. But, uh, I mean, I'm liking in data. I'm enjoying it. Good. All right. I'm, I, I'm I enjoying got... it. I can't wait to read my books. All right. Uh, I got a couple things. Um, I've been playing a lot of Knockout City. I wasn't sure I was going to bring it up, but I, I've been playing a lot of Knockout City. You and I played a little bit earlier today. Yeah. Um, really like that game. I, I, I like a lot of the games that we play online together um for those for audience members because of the pandemic uh, we play a lot of online games together um us four and a bunch of other people who we know and there's i've always liked them all i'm really like that by daylight fall guys whatever but i haven't had a desire to play any of them on my own except for knockout city <laughs> because i like that game a whole lot and i and i feel like i'm good at it it's an easy game but i i feel accomplished with it I've been playing a lot of it. It's really great. Highly That's recommend. awesome. I think um, uh, I think that game does a really great job of making you feel pretty good with it at at some point. Because even when you have those bad games, it's not usually like, oh, I'm just shit. It's just yeah. like ah, they just they were good, and I wasn't good enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not today. Hey, Brandon, hmm. you should totally talk about how you and I dominated Diamond Rush today. All right, so there is a so because Ben wants wants me to bring it up, I will. Um, there is a new format game because they cycle game uh, types, and right now there's a Diamond uh, Knockout City thing. I don't know the full name of it. Diamond um, Rush. Diamond this Rush. Is, this is the one where you hit people to get the gems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you get to th- and you get get to thirty and you and you win the game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what was in the water, Ben, but you and I crushed it. We won almost every game we played, we, except for me. Yeah. We were kicking ass, and t- the first team we played was a full crew, like a full three-person crew, and they were the, called the Street Gods. <laughs> Screw them. They weren't Street Gods to us. They were more like Street Minions, because we destroyed them 30 to 7. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wasn't at work. <laughs> yeah, I want to play. I've, I've missed video games all week, baby. It was. Uh, I've, I've missed playing with you, Sparks. Yeah, i i was I was happy to get that uh, time in to play uh, games with with uh, Brandon today because I also yeah. I also miss video games. I was really I was really glad I got to play with that, someone because all week I've been playing on my own. But it is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, it no, is I... like Sparks said. You do feel accomplished when you play it, even when you do a uh, even when you don't lose it, when you don't win a game. Yeah, that game just feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did. I did actually manage to play a little bit of video games um, while I was watching some Shark Week. Some of it's stuff I can be pretty passive as far as how I'm watching. Like I'm watching it, but I, I don't need to like watch every second necessarily because there's a lot of biologists talking that kind of stuff. So I did get a little bit further. I conquered another gym and um, let's go Pikachu. Nice, nice. Because nice. that's an easy, easy game to like just have going while I'm paying attention to something like Shark Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a, a TV show happened this week. Um, a little TV show that some of you guys might have heard of called Loki uh, happened this week, and there was a big reveal at the end of the final episode. Last episode of Figures Watch is coming, so you can check that out. I won't spoil it here for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, Mephisto finally did it. We fo- we're finally right about the Mephisto thing. 
Mephisto, um, Mephisto's all over the Ghost Rider game because he's like also in the movie. But I'm yeah. like, oh, I get to say Mephisto so many times. Isn't he <laughs> Mephistopheles in the in the movie? Yeah, yeah. That's like that's his real name. They just shorten it. Yeah. Um. So I've been playing. I, I started playing Lego Marvel Superheroes two. Um, which has which has a bunch of multiverse heroes uh, come together in Chronopolis to fight the big bad Kang. Um, really great game. I did stuff this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> on completely unrelated to Loki, you guys, I watched a bunch of animated Marvel episodes involving the comic book character Kang the Conqueror. Um, yes. So I watched mm-hmm. Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Kang trilogy episodes. I watched Earth's uh, uh, Avengers Assemble, um, had a good one. And then there's the really bad 1999 Avengers Forever cartoon that I talked about very briefly. I watched the Kang episode of that. That dude, all of their costumes look very different than normal. Kang looks like the anti-monitor. He has like a weird rounded head. He has one line that I think is really good. Uh, Tony Stark is like battling him and then Kang opens up a portal to escape. And Tony's like, Kang, I'm not going to let you get away this time. And he's like, all I have is time. Ha 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 ha. And rocks to the door. And I'm like, fuck, that's awesome. That's so good. Um, that is a pretty cool line. All I have is time. And, and he just walks to a portal. I'm like, that's sick. That's sick. That cartoon's still bad, though. I, like Ryan, completely unrelated to the TV series Loki, uh, I played Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, uh, who, <laughs> who has the supervillain Kang as the main villain. Um, that, I haven't played played it in a very long time and i remembered why i stopped playing it because i got really tired of the lego games as much as i really enjoy them they are mostly the same all every yeah. single time so it can get it can get really tedious at times but now that i'm kind of back into it i've had so long to wait for lego star wars the skywalker saga um, oh boy. that i can now appreciate the games again uh, i beat the story ages ago so i'm now going back and getting all the collectibles and so many great characters and you know hey kang's in it for some reason that they, made must me think of doing, yeah. they must be doing so much for that Lego Star Wars game for it to have taken this long. I hope I so. I cannot even imagine. I'm like, if it comes out and it doesn't have online play, I don't know what they're doing. They hate you. Yeah. There is a there is a specific reason. There has to be there has to be a specific reason that game is now three years late. Woo. All right, anyway. Um, then I watched the movies. I the the new TV series Monsters at Work is out on Disney Plus, so I decided to watch the first Monsters the Monsters movies Monsters Inc movies. So I watched Monsters Inc and Monsters University in the other order. I watched the prequel first, then the sequel. Um, outside of the fact that Mike Wazowski definitely says <laughs> we've known each other since four, we've known each other since fourth grade, um, they uh, they complement each other really well in that order. Uh, I think they did a really good job of Monsters University. Um, feeling like it, it seamlessly flows into Monsters, Inc. I, I can definitely see where, like, you're sitting at Pixar and you're like, I came up with a great idea for a prequel story. Here's the whole arc of it. We're going to tell a story. It's going to be all about Mike Wazowski, and it's and it will include, like, how he met Sully, but, like, it's it's got this focus on Mike, and this is how we're doing it. And, like, you have this whole elaborate, cool idea that is Monsters University planned out, and then someone's like, oh, but that one line of Monsters, Inc., though, and it's like, yeah, but are we gonna throw away a whole movie? <laughs> and then they shoot that, that one line. Then they shoot that guy and they bury the body. Yeah. And go, we're moving on with this idea. Uh, like both of those things. I was gonna say it's like that meme where that one guy says something and then they just chuck him out the window. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, both of those films I think are really good. I still fall under. I like Monsters University more than Monsters Inc. I don't think it's a better movie. It just really speaks to me in a way that Monsters Inc. doesn't. Um, but Monsters Inc. holds up like crazy. That that is a 
the, those early Pixar films still hold up really well. I think Monsters Inc. Uh, no exception. I I Monsters Inc. is definitely one of those ones when like Megan will let me circulate out something to put on as we're going to sleep that isn't Friends. Monsters Inc. is one of those that's a really nice one to put on. Michael yeah. Salty. Um, and I really like. I forgot how much I like Monsters University. Watching it uh, this time around because I haven't seen it in a, in a while. Um, I've I've seen Monsters Inc. more recently. But having the 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 whole story be about Mike, as as Spark said, and um, it's really unexpected in the directions it takes because you 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 expect them to succeed at the end, but they don't. They end up dropping out of college. Um, mm, 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 spoilers. Oh, I, I don't care. I care. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I didn't. Oh, you hadn't seen it. I apologize. No, Ryan hasn't seen Monsters. I haven't seen, seen except for Toy Story, uh, uh, Pixar sequels. Oh, I saw Incredibles, but that's because I like superheroes. Yeah. But no, I haven't seen. Did you also see Dory? Dory? No. Oh, you should. Um, but anyway, anyway, uh, I really like I really like that movie. I, I like the movie a lot. It's got a great voice cast, uh, awesome concepts. The animation is gorgeous. Um, uh, and then the newest episode of Monsters at Work came out this week. Um, it, it is definitely a dip in tone more than anything, not necessarily animation, um, even though that is kind of an issue. But it, it is hard to. It is hard to accept the whimsical world of Monsters Inc., and the the kind of not capturing that pimp, that Pixar whimsy, uh, mm-hmm. Monsters at Work. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that it corrects itself, but it is difficult to kind of like. I get visually why they're in the same universe, but I don't understand why this story exists in the Monsters in the it's, Monsters Inc. world. It does it feel like it's like missing that like special ingredient right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Con- controversial opinion, I guess. Uh, because I've definitely like agreed with others who I've seen say this. And then people are like, you shut up. You don't know why animation. (laughs) And I'm like, I kind of wish that the monsters at work show were animated in the style of the opening door credits. Oh, like the beginning of the movie. Very 2d, like kind of like not always colored within the lines Mm -hmm. animation. Uh, And I kind of wish that's what it looked like rather than trying and not quite being able to succeed because you're not that studio. That seems like uh, more To effort. replicate the Pixar animation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which isn't a slight, like, it doesn't mean the show can't be strong without that. I just, like, why aim so hard and high when you could just... Be something different. Do Be different, because, like, you know, I, I watch the Tangled show, and there's no part of me that when I watch it, doesn't accept that this is in the same world as that movie, even though they look different. There's no disconnect because it's, it's yeah. animated. Like, right. yeah, yeah. like I, I don't like go, oh, this isn't the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from, I did I did Tangled. I watched Tangled, Tangled the series, and then Tangled Ever After. It's, it's no different than like, I can watch Rebels, and I know that's in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I don't know why they had to aim that high. I, I have more hope for the future Disney Disney Animation Studio Television Productions because again this is Disney TV animation. Disney Animation who make the films are making the Princess and the Frog show, the Moana show, the Zootopia show that are all coming down the pipeline. So I have a little more faith that at least that sense they're probably going to hit those marks pretty well. And, um uh, this was Pixar. this was the TV animation having to, yes, and Pixar's got a show too, but um, this was Disney's TV animation side having to try and play catch up to the movies. And I'm like, that just seems like such a high bar to set for yourself, especially when they've been doing well with the Big Hero 6 series and the Tangled series being radically different visualizations. 
Um, there, is some, there is something I, I'll agree with that. Uh, there is something that I really like about the show, which is that um, at the end of Monsters Inc., you have seen Monsters Inc., Ryan, right? Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of Monsters Inc., uh, the 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 it's kind of like fine. It's like oh, we are powered by laughter now, and that's you know it's more powerful and whatnot. Monsters at Work takes place before that moment and is about the struggle of transitioning an entire society who is dependent on scream energy into laugh energy. And I actually really appreciate that they're taking the time to deal with the fact that it would be difficult to all of a sudden overhaul an entire society. I'm, I'm glad that that, that that is the approach. Because like again, if it was just like a, a switch flipped, and it's like, oh, we're just about laughs now. No transition period. And be like, oh, that's kind of lame. Well, I, I do think that's the opportunity. I think that's always been the, the most appealing premise of the show is that the guy, it, I think that is where the show's strength is. And I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. I want to, but I haven't started. Uh, I think that is where the show's strength is, is that the protagonist is a dude who just graduated college to be a scare worker. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. And it's like, wow, my degree is worthless. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. How could that be relatable? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like that stuff that stuff i like and the the fact that like i understand why in the movie because the movie's got to end on a happy note and and whatever but like i'm glad that they, they took the approach of being like we we're going to deal with the fact that we're overhauling a society what people deal with that and then the main character having to deal with that he graduated a day before water noose was taken into prison um it, it's it's really it, it on that level those first three episodes have surprised me and, and i'm into it um i just kind of hope that they get better because right mm -hmm. now I'm kind of like, it's fine. For sure. Um, I watched Thor Ragnarok. I ended Loki's story twice this week. I watched Ooh. Thor Ragnarok. Um, Technically, you didn't end it if you didn't go to Infinity War. <laughs> I've seen Infinity War recently. Like That's within... still the end. That's <laughs> still the end. <laughs> Six months. The penultimate. You don't even have to watch the whole movie. Just put on the first ten minutes. <laughs> oh, but then I'm going to want to watch the whole movie. <laughs> Well, that's that, the that doesn't sound so bad to me. Uh, so anyway, so I watched oh, Thor no, Ragnarok. I wanted to watch ten minutes, and I ended up watching this whole Marvel movie. I did that. I did that with a different movie this week that I'm going to bring up. Boss um, <laughs> it is on Peacock. I could have um, Peacock, but I don't own Peacock. Anyway, Thor Ragnarok rules. That movie is incredible. Um, I love that movie to death. Uh, it's obviously been praised to death by us and by other people. So I don't need to say much. I Hey, I had a quick thought because um, I brought this up with Megan the other day because I was thinking about it. And I'm like, why do I keep picturing this in my head? And she's like, I'm picturing that too. And I'm like, I guess I need to watch that again. And I haven't. In Thor Ragnarok, when Jeff Goldblum disintegrates his cousin, um, does it look like pruning? No, because he turns into goo. Well, he turns, I into goo. turns into goo. But the effect that disintegrates his body, does it look like pruning? No. Because both oh, Megan no. and I went, it looks like that in my memory. It's not. It, I, I am not trying to suggest it's the same no, no, process. No, no, I'm, no, no. I, 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 for what of my memory, it's more, it, it doesn't look like that. Look, having seen it just two days ago, I can't confidently say it's not, though. So, okay. okay. Um, she and I were I, just both sitting there, and I'm like, when I picture it, it looks like pruning. That could easily be a thing That's that they, weird, they, they do post. They're like, we weren't thinking of it, but we just make it happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. I watched... Because uh, you know I make Zara see a lot of movies, so sometimes she's gotta make me see a movie. Uh, Boss Baby, Family Business, the sequel to The Boss Baby. I'm sorry. Um, apparently, they're based on books. I didn't know that. Oh, well, was um, it as bad as it looked? I can't. I, I I saw the first one. I saw the first one a couple of years ago, so mm. I can't say this with confidence. But I think it's better than the first one. 
She isn't okay. saying a lot. That's I. That's I you're nice. never. You're never gonna sell me. Let's. <laughs> I don't want to sell you. I, for you. <laughs> I, I don't want to sell you on it. This is not me selling you on it. Uh, now, if you tell can... me so real quick though. Isn't it true that the boss baby from the first movie is now a grown up, and yes. then he has to get turned into a baby again? Yes. yes. Why? Don't tell because, me. Because because uh, they had to infiltrate. <laughs> he said, the... Don't tell. I'm going to tell you. Damn it. <laughs> Because it's part of what I want to talk about. They have to infiltrate the daycare that they're that that the the main kids the first film who's now an adult his daughter goes to this daycare and they have to infiltrate that daycare because Jeff Goldblum has taken over the is trying to take over the world with babies through this daycare. Is it actually Jeff Goldblum or is Jeff Goldblum playing a character? Jeff Goldblum is playing a character. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have to clarify because that'd be funny. <laughs> Maybe oh, yeah. movies were a mistake. See, that's, yeah, that's a good, I love, that's my favorite joke. Anytime something bad happens. Yeah. It's, it's really it's, dumb, but there's a, there's a freaking, <clears throat> there's a boss baby billboard that pops yeah. up almost every time I'm on the freeway going to work. Oh, a baby? It's one, no, it's this one where it's like, good, you're out. Go get me a latte. And for some reason, whenever that pops up when I'm driving, I see, I'm just like, F you. I just keep going. <laughs> Hold on. I want to be the person who like reads it. Go get me a latte. Okay, boss baby. Like, where do I take it, boss baby? I'm looking for the next billboard. Throw it at the billboard. Here's your latte, you big baby. Oh my god, this is so dumb. Now that now that said, I I riotously laughed at one moment because it, it got me. I cannot remember what it was at this point. Um, and Jeff Goldblum turned in a, a Jeff Goldblum performance, and that's always enjoyable. He's doing. He does his thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do remember when his character shows up in a commercial in the beginning of the movie. I was like, why am I hearing Jeff Goldblum's voice right now? Because <laughs> they paid him. <laughs> Funny enough, you did. Wait, can I tell you guys a spoiler? I don't care. I, I definitely have never seen this movie. Okay, don't skip ahead if you don't care about Boss Baby 2 spoilers. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, who is an old man taking over this preschool, is actually a baby riding a robot. No! <laughs> yes! Now I'm gonna see it. No. <laughs> but why is he? If he's a baby, why does he want to take over the world? He wants to take oh, over the world. The babies are the dominant species on the planet. Why is he? But why is he an old man? So he can be taken seriously. I don't want to be here anymore. Because <laughs> he had to take over a preschool. I don't want to be here anymore. All right, all Wikipedia. I hate later. that Boss Baby Two is making more money than Mitchell's versus the Machines will ever have the opportunity to, and it's going to probably get another sequel. Please, can we just move on? Wait, Brandon, I have something. I have one more question. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Go for it. No, I'm just joking. Um, uh, I thought I, that, I, I. Anyway, I thought I didn't have any more brain cells that can die from super information today. Apparently, I was wrong. All right. Boss anyway, I needed something to just kind of put on the background while I just waited while, I, while my food showed up from Postmates and I ate it to go to bed. Um, and was I ended up nice watching guys? the entire... Is it the nice guys? Was it the it's nice the, guys? It's the nice guys. Yeah, I so. uh, I ended up watching the whole thing. I really like that movie. I always forget how much I do. Um, that's a really great movie. Uh, Shane Black, Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe. Um, I... I kind of had a hankering to watch it because there's a thing the first time I saw this joke, and I'm not sure if it's, if it like a been a consistent joke since before. Um, but there's been a couple of trailers and movies that I've seen recently where they've used the joke that they're invincible, that they think they're invincible, but they're just normal people. Fast nine did it. And free guys is going to do it. The other guys with the rock and uh, Sam Jackson did it too. 
because they jump yeah. off a building. I remember they, that. But I, I mean, they they but there, there's a characters in F9 and 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 Free Guys who are just like, I think I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. And so I remembered that from the nice guys because Ryan Gosling at the end of, towards the end of the movie is like, I think I'm invincible because he just for some reason gets lucky enough to not die in situations. Um, and that's kind of where I wanted to watch it. The movie's great. I really like it. Um, it's a lot of that fun. Is, that is one of the few like Shane Black things where I'm like, I will take a sequel. I will take a TV series like this. This that is one of my favorite movies. This absolutely. Yeah. So good. Uh, mine as well. I have a big gap in Richard Donner and uh, Richard Donner um, filmography, so I decided to watch a few of them. Um, I'm still waiting for my girlfriend to not be really exhausted, so we can watch *Lethal Weapon* together. Um, but I watched uh, uh, an adaptation of a 19 of the late 1950s TV series that Richard Donner directed called *Maverick*. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, Mel Gibson, uh, James. Just had it in my James Gardner. Um, and uh, Jodie Foster. Awesome movie. Yeah. I'd never heard of it before. Uh, it's this really cool Western with uh, Char- Mel Gibson. Uh, young Mel Gibson was a really charming guy, so I don't feel too bad about saying that. He, he, hey, he was very charming until he wasn't. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's a lot of, he's fun to watch. Is that there's a really funny lethal weapon bit in it where the uh, Danny Glover is robbing a bank towards the beginning of the movie. And uh, they, they kind of like look at each other and like, do, do I, no, no. Uh, and that was funny. Um, yeah, awesome. I cheered it towards the end of it. I, I had a blast with that movie. It's a lot of fun. It's great. I saw it once when I was a teenager, but uh, I remember it being very good. Yeah. Um, and I accidentally had a, another, uh, the guy who plays Water News from Monsters, Inc. Is, mm-hmm. plays the Colonel in, um, or the Commodore in Maverick. So I actually had a little bit of a double feature there. Look at that. Was he a giant spider in that one too? No, <laughs> that would nah. be a very different movie. Wild Wild West. Oh, there you go. Oh man, maybe I should watch that next. Oh, um, and then I watched The Forever Purge. That came out a couple weeks ago. Oh my God, it did come out. I'm thinking yeah. about it now and I don't know if you can convince me that Wild Wild West and Boss Baby 2 don't have the same plot. <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, what? wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Spiders, big baby. Where's the big baby in Wild Robots? Is it Will Smith? It's robots. There's uh, a dude with like sword hands. I don't know. All right, is that Boss Baby? I watched the Forever Purge, the latest from the Purge franchise. Um, it, it's, it, I really liked it. I want to say that up top. I, I really liked it. I have yet to see a Purge thing that I don't really like. Um, and I think the the films after the first one, as we've mentioned have been very good. This one is the most overt though. It not to, I don't want, I'm not going to spoil election year because I know sparks, especially hasn't, haven't seen uh, the, the purge sequels. I haven't. Um, and, uh, and Ben hasn't seen any of the purge films, but this one does undo the ending of the purge, the election year, which is at, up until this point, the last, the last thing we saw in the purge franchise. Um, the furthest, furthest thing that last. Um, and that's kind of a bummer. So you kind of, so you kind of get, you're kind of like, well, wait, what was the point of election year then? Um, if we're just right back where we started, but it does allow the writer who has written everything in the purge franchise um, and directed three of the movies to finally just 
be frustrated with anybody who doesn't who the few people who haven't who don't know what the purge films are about to finally say like this is what they've always been about i i have heard from some people who i trust that like yeah the writer just finally got to go off and be like yo it's always been this political yeah Yeah. oh okay um good that's what i want to hear and I, I that that I really appreciate it because they're finally just like the purge was always creating psychopaths because that's what purge that's what the purge TV series talks about a bit. Um, the the purge was always creating psychopaths. The purge was always about killing minorities and poor people. That's what this has always been about. The NFFA have always been bad, and now and like finally just kind of saying that all, and it, it kind of feels a little refreshing for the writer. Like he's like finally airing out that like. If you didn't get it, this is it. Does this feel like? Because this is like, like I think in a way it was like this is like the last purge. Does this feel like like the end or like the, like a new beginning? I can see how you would make a sequel, but if you ended it here, I'd actually think that that was really ballsy. Yeah. Okay. Um, like I said, they do end. They do undo the ending of election year, which is unfortunate. Which yeah. would have stopped them from doing sequels, but I can see how this one could be like the last. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, just real quick, like uh, I was just gonna say, like you know, we we need to try and like this is a knock on you, brand. This is in general sense about like the purge, but in general, we need to reorient our language a little. Let's not say psychopaths. Let's you know say creating uh you know dangerous people or or even sociopaths would be better. But like mm. a, a psychopath has a terminology that's not great as far as like mental health portrayals, and like let's not imply that the events of the purge would necessarily create a lot of mental health people to be presented in this way, and like that association is not what you're intending to convey and not something that people should be conveying about the purge franchise. I had no idea about that. So let me just in no uncertain terms to say what I meant because now I feel bad. Um, the, what I'm talking about is that the idea of the purge and the reason why election year and anarchy exist in this one is to say that the purge is weaning out nice people and leaving only the super hateful people to get yeah. worse. Right. Absolutely. I only mean to use it because you are not the only person who has used the term in essentially like saying uh, the country becomes a whole bunch of psychopaths. And the reason we shouldn't use that is because as a person who has a very lovely friend who works with uh, special needs children knows that the etymology of psychopath is not used in the best way or in the best context. And we need to use that term more uh, critically. So uh, it's again, like more a judgment on just how people have crafted the conceptualization of that word especially in terms of the purge but in general no it's, I, was, I, learned, I learned something there all right yeah i was thinking about this actually the other day sparks because there is a little bit of what you were talking about that you wanted a purge film to be about which is the eat the rich aspect of it this film does start in that in that way like the the forever purgers are like we're going to kill all the rich people and we're going to kill all the minorities because that's what we want to do the the issue that i think the writer runs into and i don't I'm not confident enough to say that you can't do this, but I, I think that the writer feels like he can't do this. He doesn't feel comfortable making the purgers the good guys by making an eat the rich narrative. So he only ever really wants to like touch. Oh, on like, that. like flipping right. it. I, I, was yeah, about, yeah. I, was, I was about to say, cause you were like, they're going to be the people who are like eat the rich and also kill all the minorities. And I'm like, those two things are not supposed to be right. But the, the NFFA, but in, in the United States, in the United States, even in this United States, we've, um, the the like really like the the beaten down class is seeing the the rich and the minorities in kind of the same sense like they're the reason my problems exist. Um, 
I don't want to get into a political debate. Um, but the the so the NFFA are who it's the political party in the Purge franchise. Um, they're exacerbating that whole thing. Sure. Let's I, watch. Let's see the movie. No, I know. I'm not judging on the movie. Yeah, I just yeah. mean like you know people I see on Twitter who are saying I eat the rich are usually minorities, which is why I'm saying like those ideologies are not the same. No, they're they're not supposed to be. I'm talking about about a bunch of old white people who are trying to manipulate the 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 people into doing something like that. Uh, sure. Looking at them in the same in the same light. Um, if I misspoke there again, like a, the psychopath, I apologize. Um, but the so the film doesn't feel so. I don't feel like the writer. What I was saying is the writer doesn't feel comfortable to make the purgers the the good guys because the idea is that they need to be the hateful ones, the the the, the bad ones. Um, I would kind of like to see him attempt though. That's see, that's, that seems like the natural progression of it. They created the purge. And then at the end of the purge, like actually all the good people did rise up and they're going to fight the people who created the purge. So now they want to stop the purge. Now the purge is a bad thing for the people who created it. That could be a really cool narrative that they're definitely not going to do. Yeah. I won't say definitely not. Um, but I will say, I don't think this guy feels comfortable enough to do it. Yeah, maybe pass the torch kind of yeah. thing. I, I will say I will say in general, I don't think our I don't think any major studio would ever bankroll a film that would actually go to the places I would want the purge franchise to really go. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah. I'm happy just for the purge films to be like the highest level of like political critique that you can get while also being part of a major studio base. Mm-hmm. Uh but like I want the purge to have like an A24 film where they get to go. No, like really this is about this yeah. and like really needle it. And, uh, and it's okay if we never get it, but that's, that's what I want. Yeah. This film ends in a really interesting place that I, I hope doesn't get a sequel, but I can see the potential of one. Just mm-hmm. kind of like where it is at this point. Yeah. Honest, honestly, go back, do more TV shows. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, that make, I'm sure they would have if they hadn't been canceled. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, sure like they wanted long term to have like at least five years on that yeah. show. And then I, I I watched and finished Love Victor, which is the uh, Hulu <laughs> spinoff show to Love Simon. Nice, um, really solid second season. I would say probably just as good as the first season. Um, if you like Love Simon, it's more that. Um, I think it's really good representation in general of not just the LGBTQ uh, plus community, but also like the um, just teenage community. Now um, it feels very real. I'm a 30 year old man saying this, but it feels very real to what um, I, I more real than other places have portrayed this generation in high school. Um, and I, I think that has a lot of value. Um, great character work. Um, great. I really like it. I think it's a really solid show and I'm glad it exists. Nice. Awesome. That's it. I got nothing else. Coolio. All right. Bread and butter time, baby. Let's do it. I got some comic book news up top. My favorite. Oh my God. So much good news that I'm so excited to talk about this weekend. It's unexpected. I'm so excited. Which one? We'll get to it. Okay. Hopefully I remembered it. It's on the docket. It's on the docket. Well, Mark Millar. Not this one. Okay. (laughs) Mark Millar and Netflix have announced their new comic book collaboration. What's it called? King of Spies. Sounds, that's okay. Super Chris, King of Spies. I, I wanted to put this one on here because it kind of pissed me off. 
Okay. This is what this press release said. King of Spies will be a graphic novel written by Mark Millar and drawn by an unannounced artist based on designs created by Millar's team at Netflix. So they're doing the thing where they 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 make the comic just to make it into the show. Yeah, that's that's his I mean, jam. But it it it's I'm kind of I'm I we always knew this, but I'm kind of frustrated that like they just explicitly said it. Like Mark Millar says, "What if we did this?" And then someone else on his design team creates the thing, and yep. then he gets credit for writing the comic. Uh, yeah. that, that just so that they could make a TV show or a movie based off of it is just yeah. so frustrating to me. I I'm I'm with you, but I'm less mad about it because Netflix bought him already. So like anything that would get made is going to get made with Netflix no matter what. So like this doesn't surprise me. It's just like it's just it's just like it's just it goes it's it's still shitty it's still yeah. shitty that he like sold his soul to the devil he so sold he's gotta soul. go work exactly and like it it does suck that like it's even more transparent of like i'm making comics to make movies out of them like it's 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 there's no transparency whatsoever yeah. anymore like he's bought by netflix um i just i just want him to make good shit that's all i that's what you do can you do it <laughs> i i do hope that this that this book ends up being good because i like it more than i i also think it can make a really cool movie um mm -hmm. they've spoken that they want pierce brosnan as the lead of the movie um and if you look at the uh the cover art that has already been created um it looks like pierce brosnan as the main character that's so funny man because like the comic's not even made yet <laughs> yeah just, so I hate. Ugh. I I know he's bought by Netflix. I know Netflix is gonna do it no matter what. But this is phew, the fact that they're like, oh, we're looking at Pierce Brosnan. Is like the book isn't. You're putting the cart. You're putting three carts before you even buy a damn horse. And like Jupiter's Legacy was like a disaster. And I'm just like, man, they really got to commit because they oh, spent that, all that money. That Jupiter's Legacy Super Crooks, the Super Crooks book, is not a is not is not a spinoff of Jupiter's Legacy no. in the comics. It is a, but they're gonna make it into one for the show. Do what you gotta do, I guess. Yeah. Bloody hell. No, well, this is what the book's about. I really want to hear like Netflix doing spin-offs of some stuff, or not even spin-offs, when I hear Netflix properties or Netflix things, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And then uh, just for some reason hearing stuff about Mark Millar's shit, I'm like, I, I don't care anymore. I'm done. Well, I mean, it's just like Netflix has every egg in every basket. They have yeah. they they have so much stuff, that's why they're gonna be in debt for all time. Like they over, uh, over new, speaking of shows that new Resident Evil. Uh, show is out and it's only four episodes which i didn't know it's only four? Oh, okay i've heard mixed i've heard like mediocre things about it it's four and episodes i could get it done in an hour i think i'm gonna check it out right. oh my god if it's only yeah if it's short i can do that yeah, yeah it's 20 episodes it's four 20 episodes uh 20 minute episodes so short i really wonder how much it'll mean to you as someone who's not steeped in the games brandon oh that's interesting yeah because this is like know. this is like a sequel to six yeah, I'm curious to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, this is what the book's about. King of Spies. Diagnosed with cancer and six months left to live, Sir Roland King, a spy, has gone rogue, and he knows where all the bodies are buried. Now it's time to go after the real monsters. That sounds like a murder oh. book. Yeah, okay. Well, right. uh, one last hurrah book, okay. Yep. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Ah, James Bond, back at it. Right. Pierce Brosnan oh. already had his best one last hurrah movies they were after the sunset and the matador the matador and there is no point in this bullshit oh wait he has one more old man role and it's gonna be dr fate yep that's the one no, that's but it's not one. but it's not a last hurrah oh movie. yeah i mean gotcha. like both those movies are oh, you about his actual... character doing a last hurrah. you're right no yeah matador is absolutely that god that movie is sick i own that movie. that's with william h macy right 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I only saw like oh. clips of it, but I never actually watched it. I haven't seen it in ages. Uh, now we got a lot of DC stuff. Damn. There's a lot of really good DC news this week, you guys. It's really, it's, it's pretty cool. Batman the Imposter. Real <laughs> quick. Uh, so the last couple of weeks and months, we've talked about all of these Batman books and how we're not really excited about them. They're, they're generic. They're just a bunch of white people. Even Tom Taylor, who's doing a Batman book, not interested. I'm almost interested in all of these Batman books because they're all unique and they're all diverse titles. and They're all diverse writers. So I'm pretty stoked. About that's it. what I thought. Yeah, it's not William H. Macy. In oh, it's not? Either. No, it's Greg Kinnear. That's 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 oh. that's William H. Macy light. <laughs> Um, I've heard great things about the Batman line right now. I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed that I'm not reading it, but uh -huh. I chose X Men instead. So yeah, I think I got yeah, better yeah. into the of that deal. Mm -hmm. Batman: The Imposter will be written by Mattson Tomlin, who is the screenwriter for the Batman film, directed by Matt Reeves, um, and with art by Andrea Sorrentino, who did Green Arrow, Old Man Logan, Gideon Falls. Oh yeah, this will be a black series. Oh. Three issue miniseries. Black label. Black label. Um, director and screenwriter. I didn't write the whole synopsis because it was really long. Yeah. Uh, but this is the kind of the abbreviated. Director and screenwriter Matson Tomlin has teamed up with Eisner winning suspense and horror artist Andrea Sorrentino um, to create a wholly new version of Gotham City, informed by grim reality where every punch leaves a broken bone and every action has consequences far, far beyond Batman's imagination. Uh, so this just seems like an, it's another Elseworlds story, but like, uh, like just like really realistic. Just like, yeah, like fights will f you up. Like one fight will f you up. What if Batman? But what real? What if Batman but real? I know that sounds yeah. silly, but like Batman can like take on Dark Side. So like, if, what if Batman were real? Yeah. If Andrea Sorrentino wasn't attached to this, I wouldn't be interested. Same, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, because I really like that guy's artwork. But I've, but as we've just alluded to, I've seen this fifteen times in the last decade. Yeah, this this th there's a lot of books we're about to talk about. This isn't the one that I'm most excited for, but I am I am interested in it. Yeah, because um, I love Andrea Sorrentino. Yeah, Arkham City: The Order of the World, uh, which was written by Dan Waters with art by Danny, colors by Dave Stewart, be a six issue miniseries. This is in canon. Mm -hmm. This fall, join writer Dan Waters and artist Danny on an odyssey through the deepest depths and darkest shadows of Gotham City, and find all new reasons to fear the night. Um, basically after the Joker killed everyone in Arkham, um, well, didn't kill everyone in Arkham, but some people got out. These are kind of the lower tier villains who now have to deal with Azrael. Yeah. Um, Dan, uh, uh, Dan Waters is a guy who writes, um, uh, homesick pilots, um, which is one of my yeah. favorite books. Though. So, um, and Danny is, is a, is a really great independent artist that they've worked on other independent books with, uh, that they're bringing into DC. So like, uh, this is all like, it's like, it's like the lowest of the low of the ro rogues gallery and like a lot of new characters and stuff. So like. It's a new new diverse team of characters. I'm interested, at least the first issue. And Azrael is a cool character to bring back. I do oh, yeah. I do like Azrael. I like him a whole lot. And funny enough, because Brandon, when you said Arkham City, my first thought was like the game? They're doing something with the game again? I had the same thought. No. No, just just the city's name. Task Force Z. Oh, this one's wild. Matthew Rosenberg and Eddie Barrows are teaming up for Task Force Z. Uh, I don't want to read the whole thing. Uh, Red Hood is going to team up with zombie versions of dead villain, of villains. So, yes. So uh, as Brandon said earlier, um, 
a lot of the inmates at Arkham were murdered, and and DC is doing a thing where they're bringing in a new Arkham Asylum that's going to be completely different. It's going to change Gotham forever. Uh, you know, everything you know is different or whatever. But um, this new all of these villains are dead, and there's these two Frankenstein <clears throat> ladies are in charge of this new Task Force Z, and they're basically reanimating corpses. Like, hey, you can stay alive as long as you do missions for us. So it's it's so it's Suicide Squad, but they're zombies. So it's like deceased. Uh, but I really like Matthew Rosenberg. So like, I'm gonna give this the first issue. The the cover looks sick. The two the two Frankenstein ladies look awesome. They're new characters. Um, uh, Red Hood's cool. For those of you who read um, uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman run, uh, Mr. Bloom, uh, a vil- oh, of the yeah. lanky, lanky flower dude. He's in the this James, book. The James Gordon villain, yeah. Yeah, and then when I saw that, I was like, oh, damn. Okay, I haven't seen yeah. you in ages. Yeah, it, it's got a cool roster. And I definitely, like, all of these I want to check out, at least the first issue. Because, again, there's a thousand Batman books, but, like, these are the ones I am interested in. I like, yeah. completely forgot about Mr. Bloom. Holy Me crap. Too. Um, then Catwoman, Lonely City, uh, black, a black label four issue miniseries coming from writer artist Cliff Chang. Whoop, whoop, whoop. This is a, st- do you have the solicitor now? I do. Cool. Uh, well, part of it. Visionary creator Cliff Chang, uh, writes, draws, colors, and letters the story of a world without Batman, where one woman's wounds threaten to tear apart an entire city. It's an unmissable artistic statement that will change the way you see Gotham's heroes and villains forever. Uh, Catwoman is going to try and rob the Batcave. Yeah, um, so it's going to be an Elseworlds story where Batman's not as involved, and Catwoman is kind of rising through the ranks and becoming like you know. Well, like, Batman's dead. Oh, Batman's oh he's dead. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, this is after this is after the, like old. Think of this as old woman Catwoman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if it was tied to like the Tom King stuff. It's like it seems like it's stemming it's stemming some of that stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I I love everything that Catwoman's been in the last couple of years of DC. Um, thanks to Tom King. Um, so, like, again, I'm, it's only four issues. Cliff Chang rules. Yeah, Cliff Chang rocks. DC versus vampires. You've heard of Deceased? Now you ever hear of vampires. Um, I kind of wish they'd come up with a better title, like Deceased. You know, like, The Vampires. That's terrible. Because, like, they, they have a book called I, Vampire. So they could have done something with I, Vampire. But uh, Oh, man. I, Vampire is great. Yeah, Andrea Sorrentino. That's his yeah. that's first DC book. You know what? I kind of feel bad. Because when I first saw I Vampire on the New Fifty Two list, I was like, "Man, that book is gonna be bad." I don't know. I just saw the vampires. The, why? Why? Why would you judge a book just just off? Of, also, the covers were great because they were Andrea Sorrentino covers. So I don't know what you're judging it off of. The dark, I, the dark I, era, the 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 like the dark sector of uh, the uh, uh, the New Fifty Two, the Demon Knights, I Vampire, Just League Dark. All that was really cool. I, I don't know, I don't know why. Brian, I am confessing my sins to you, sir. I don't know why I thought I'm it was bad. really bad. I don't know if that is because that was also during the, the it was the it was coming down from the high of all the vampire shit that we were getting back then. But I was like, mm-hmm. oh great, more effing vampires. Like we don't get enough of that. So I that was, was the I first will, time he bought comics, also. So I will give you the oversaturation of, of vampire stuff in that era. I will give you that. Yeah. Especially just like, how, like what is a vampire? Yes. But now, I, but now I want to read it because I have heard nothing but great things about Eye Vampire. I'm like, man, I was an idiot. Resurrection Man. Resurrection Man was awesome. It was. Okay, DC versus Vampires, Ben. DC versus Vampires, Ben. Yeah, Vampires. James Tinian the Fourth is writing this with Matthew Rosenberg, two great, two great, great creators, with art by Otto Schmidt. Ooh, Otto. It's gonna be a twelve issue maxi series. 
this is Elseworlds. The Justice League has long protected Earth from all manner of foreign and alien invaders over the years, always keeping a vigilant eye to the skies for the next the- for the next threat. But what if the threat was already walking the Earth, hiding in plain sight, watching, waiting for their moment to strike? Excuse me. This seems like it's like a it's like like a deceased but like secret invasion with vampires. Because like if they're like oh they're lurking and they've been waiting here the whole time like. If this is an Elseworlds thing, hell yeah. It, you know, it's not Tom Taylor, but like I love I love Tinian and Rosenberg. So. Uh yeah, both these creators. James Tinian has been doing some of his best work in the past recent in the past couple of years. Getting paid. Yeah. Um Matthew Rosenberg is great. We're gonna take him we're gonna leave the Batman world of Infinite Frontier and go to Wonder Woman. Hell yeah, baby. Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons. A new three-issue miniseries coming from Kelly Sue DeConnick with art by Phil Jimenez, Gene Ha, and Nicholas Scott. Um, the solicitation for this one says, The wait is over and the entire story of the Amazons can finally be told. Millennia ago, Queen Hera and the goddess of the Olympian pantheon grew greatly dissatisfied with their male counterparts and far from their sight. They put a plan into action. A uh, new society was born, one never before seen on Earth, capable of wondrous and terrible things, but their existence could not stay secret for long. When a despairing one, uh, woman named Hippolyta crossed the Amazon's path, a series of events was set in motion that would lead to an outright war in heaven and the creation of the Earth's greatest guardian. Wow. So What's like a super, super origin for the Amazons. Hmm. I'm cool with that. Uh, did I'm you already cool say the, the creative, creative team on that one or no? Kelly Sudeconic. Is, oh, Writing it, and I, I said the artist as well. Phil Jimenez, yeah. Uh, Kelly Sudeconic rules. Uh, I want her to do more mainstream stuff. She does a lot of indie stuff. She needs to come back. That's great. Yeah, uh, apparently a lot of people have been waiting for this book for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So that's cool that it's coming out. I hadn't heard of it until now. Do I have a Wonder Woman book that this reminded me of? I don't know where it is. Nubia and the Amazons. Uh, they also announced the Wonder Woman 80th, but we're not going to talk about it because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yes. Um, there was no new anything. But Nubia and the Amazons, uh, Nubia is the current queen of Themyscira. And yeah. this one is written by Vita Ayala and Stephanie Williams with art by Aletha Martinez. I'm going to correct you real quick, only because I just listened to an interview with Stephanie Williams. Vita Ayala is not writing this book. Her name is second in credits. Everyone is giving Vita credit. Uh, she is doing the story and co-plotting. She is not, the, she is not scripting this comic. Uh, so I just want to make sure... We get that out of the way because Stephanie Williams is an up-and-coming writer who's not getting the credit for this book that she is writing. Uh, Vita is basically helping her with the stories, being her mentor for her first book. Uh, I just want to get that out of the way because cool. Stephanie Williams is very cool. She's the first black woman to ever write Monica Rambo in 40 years. Just think, ruminate on that for a second. Uh, she wrote in Marvel Marvel Pride. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she has so many cool ideas for this comic. Marvel um, Voices Pride. Yeah, Marvel Voices yeah. Pride. Uh, no, there was the Marvel Voices, just the Indigenous Pride stuff too that came out as well before that. Right, Marvel. So Marvel voices in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, I just wanted to be clear, like for audience members, I knew what you were talking about, yes. but I want to be clear for audience members if they want to go look up these books. Marvel voices, which you should. The Marvel voices line is very good. They had a pride issue. They had the indigenous issue. Yes, 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 yes. The lots of lots of good stuff. But um, Stephanie Williams is like mm. also one of the first people, like to the first black woman to write Batman. And I'm just like she's broken every milestone, uh, and, and she seems like a really cool person. Uh, so I'm definitely gonna pick this book up. Please read the solicit because it's really great. Uh, real quickly, it is a six-issue miniseries uh, and inks by Mark Morales. Yeah. 
But the solicitation reads, after the thrilling events of Infinite Frontier, Nubia becomes Queen of Themyscira. But the new title also brings challenges. With the unexpected arrival of new Amazons, our hero is forced to reckon with her past and forge a new path forward for her sisters. Little does she know, a great evil grows beneath the island, and it's up to this former guardian of Doom's doorway to unite her tribe before paradise is lost forever. Yeah, so Nubia is the current queen because Hippolyta is on the Justice League and Wonder Woman is doing her own thing. Um, uh, Themyscira is Krokoa now. Themyscira is open to all women on Earth, and that includes all trans women, and Stephanie specifically mentioned that in her post, in her in her interview. So I'm very excited because this is going to be an entirely new era for Themyscira with regular women coming to the island to train to be better people. Um, I'm, this is super exciting. Again, Nubia is a character who has literally like 12 appearances in like 40 years. Again, this is not me. This is me regurgitating information I just learned. This is not me knowing it. But Nubia is a character that has such a following because she's a black Wonder Woman, but she's never, they've never done anything with her. So this is the first time that she's ever actually been given a series. And she's like the leader of the Amazons and she's a gay lesbian or a black gay lesbian. I'm just like, that is so incredible. And this book, she so specifically said, if you don't buy this book, uh, if you don't buy the first issue, you're you're gonna you're killing this book. Trade waiting on books like this is what kills the industry. So if you guys are at all interested at all in diversity in comics, please buy this number one. Yeah. Please buy this number one. It's so important. It's so important because if, if if nobody buys this comic, guess what? Nubia's gone again. It's really Take nice off. that um, that the Wonder Woman line is expanding, much like the Batman line. Um, I think that that we've talked about how many books the Batman line has, but yeah the other corners of the DC universe, the other heroes in the Trinity that um, also deserve just as many. So it's nice that when they do get these spinoffs, like yeah, I remember uh, when uh, yeah. Aquaman had uh, the others. Yeah. Um, and, and the wonder woman line, uh, it's all being written by women right now. So yeah. like that's never happened before, which right, is, which, which is, is when you, again, when you think about it, that's stupid that it's taken this long. We're like, Oh, the entire office is run by women. I'm like, that's, that's why I'm just I'm super stoked for the direction that DC is going in right now. They they are doing the diversity thing that I want. You just got to buy the books to show that you know to support that. So I'm they're doing the, they're, they're doing the diversity thing, but they're doing it in pockets, and we got to get them to start doing it across the. No, board. I know, but you still have to buy these books. No, that, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm supporting your yeah. point and saying that it's all it's unfortunately still just on these side things. I agree. Yeah. So go, I'm supporting you. I'm yeah. Go buy it. Please appreciate you. All right, uh, out of the comic book news. There's no more comics. All right, I'm gone. Bye. Okay. Well, Tiger King, the Nicolas Cage series that was coming to Amazon. Oh, that one that no one ever needed ever. Oh uh, yeah. I well, I was. I wanted to be sure it's the Nicolas Cage one, not the Kate McKinnon one, <laughs> because there are oh, two of those. That one's that one's soon to follow in cancellation. I'm almost certain. Probably. Um, well, Amazon has decided not to go forward with the Tiger King uh, adaptation, uh, so Nicolas Cage will not be playing Joe Exotic. You know why I think that these things aren't going to come to pass is because we're now a year away and everyone realized that Tiger King was really big for that moment. Yep. And now that moment is over. We're done. <laughs> that that moment happened and it passed. It's done. Joe Exotic. It's not something you yeah. can franchise into a bunch of successes. Yeah, his, his 15 minutes of fame are done. Don't give him any more time. What a crazy moment that was, though. Oh, Mag. Oh, I want to see Pig so bad, my friend. I can't even tell you. I mean, this has yeah. nothing to do with Nicolas Cage. Like, yeah, it would have been fun to watch him be Joe Exotic. Unlike an SNL skit. I yeah. don't need to watch a whole show. Uh, I watched a show about Joe Exotic. I'm done with it. For real. Then I'm done with this topic. Uh, Star Trek <laughs> had some news this week. Um, for, you know, we it got a new director. Uh, Matt Shackman 
who directed oh. WandaVision, um, will direct the next Chris Pine Star Trek movie. Man, that what what a what a guy. He went from directing like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and then he and then like he did like an episode of Game of Thrones, and then he did WandaVision, and now he's directing Star Trek. Like I just love seeing the trajectory of people like that. Like that's so cool. So yeah. they're still making uh, Chris Pine Star Trek movies. So the thing is, and initially we had heard that Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth couldn't come to a deal to return together. And they, so they scrapped the fourth Star Trek film and in that rendition, and then they opened up a Star Trek writer's room. What came out of it were three Star Trek scripts that were in active development. One written by Quentin Tarantino, Mm -hmm. one that is a sequel to the Chris Pine and then one unknown Noah Hawley film. Mm. Now it looks like obviously the Tarantino one didn't happen. And the Noah Hawley one looks like it's not happening either. So this film is the only one remaining, and it has had three directors attached to it now. So Matt Shackman is the fourth. I'm just glad. I'm just glad we're gonna get one more movie with this with the cast because like I really like those guys. I just hope it's as good as the last one. Yeah, Me too. yeah. Because like I I just if you're gonna take this much time, I hope that it's that strong. Yeah. Um, I'm bummed that Justin Lin is not returning. That he's making all that money on Fast and Furious again. Yeah, so. I, I care far more about finding out who's going to write this movie, to be honest. All right. Well, let me tell you. The film has a script written by uh, Lindsay Beer, who wrote Sierra Burgess is a Loser and has a ton of movies coming out. Um, One of those, like, up and coming, like, makes a lot of movies before they're out. Person, right. She yeah. said she, she did Sierra Burgess is a Loser. Uh, she wrote that. And then she was attached to everything um, afterwards. I'll, I'll pull up a list while I read the last bit. Um, and Genevieve Robertson, who wrote Tomb Raider and Captain Marvel. Okay. Okay. Um, so Simon Pegg's not returning to help write this? No, he would have done it with, uh, with, uh, Justin Lin. Okay. Um, so, so Lindsay Beer and, and her now writing partner, Geneva Robertson are attached to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the Seth Rogen one. Um, the Pet Cemetery pro- prequel coming to Paramount Plus, <laughs> um, uh, Silver Sable, uh, Mask. When I think that's still happening, okay. uh, and now Star Trek. Wow, it's a lot of lot of properties. Yeah, and a couple others that we're just probably not going to even know about. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm glad this cast is coming back. Uh, I I'm just bummed Justin Lin didn't just didn't want to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he trades one family for another. I like, I get it. Like, yeah, and he he probably would have returned if they had not waited so long to figure out what they wanted to do with Star Trek. That's um, true, because they clearly didn't know what they wanted to do after Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at least now we have a direction. If this even happens, yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, Loki news. We talked about a bit on a uh, on the Fake Watch episode coming out, but it has renewed for a second season. Ooh, Ooh. the first live action to get a second season i guess i'll watch it yeah it might be a good idea yeah first one was pretty decent i hope they do better the better job in the second one you can find out our thoughts on all that on the fake nerd watch series episode coming up this week and the steam deck was announced boy y'all got some time oh boy. We gotta talk. so has Ben about to be a baby about this? Real quickly, real quickly, real quickly, Ben. Before, because I know you're, you were going to want to, you were going to want some room to go. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. I just got why it's called Steam. 
as I was writing the episode, I was like, oh, it's a valve and they let off steam. That's fair. I mean, it's not something you to, like, you don't use steam very often. So like, why would you think okay, about to it? To be fair, I did not know that either. No, so, you guys are horrible. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I've hey, so never thought about it long enough. So the steam deck that, that yeah. was announced. So, so. Steam deck. Damn, this is definitely one of the times. And I, I think, I feel like I'm getting more and more active on Twitter. I'm seeing some of like the, the murky underbelly of it, of it. I know what's there. I know you, you guys have seen a lot worse than I have, but holy shit, I saw some vitriol on because of this announcement. Both for and against him, too. It was just like, yikes. Well, that's the internet for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the internet for you. I mean, all in all, I think it's a pretty decent idea. I mean, it's Ben, it's not a decent... Ben, this isn't a decent idea. This is an incredible idea. And you're not a PC gamer, so, like, this doesn't really mean anything for you. And I'm not... This isn't me, like... Oh, contraire, my friend. Do you know what it means for Ben? <laughs> He can play his Final Fantasy one through six on a handheld and dock it into his television. Yeah. Shut the f up. What I mean is, he's not a PC gamer. If he was, this this would be the greatest deal of a lifetime. Is what I mean. Like this this is like if you're not already engaged, like this is something to get you in. Yeah. But like, but like, this is your big taste. This is this is a big taste. So the Steam Deck, it is a it's basically it's just a portable gaming system Mm. for 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 Steam. Um, it's, it's, it's like a Nintendo switch that you can dock. It's a portable PC. Um, the thing that separates it from just being that it's still a PC. So you could still run all the, all the other applications on it. You can use it like a web browser. It's still a PC. It just looks like a Nintendo switch. The great thing about this is it has open browser. So you can use Xbox game pass on this. So every single Xbox game pass game you own, which is 300, you can play on the go. You can play every halo on the go. Now from now on halo infinite is going to launch a mobile game from now that this thing's going to come out this literally is changing like so much for regular video games it's kind of bonkers it's the fact that it hasn't happened yet is kind of bonkers <clears> as well like this is this is i'm i'm, I'm pretty stoked for this thing. i think everybody now, assumed and rightly so that it was too expensive to do yeah and it is it is but they're doing it anyway they're doing it at a loss yeah yeah, yeah. but he, now here's my one little caveat to the steam to the steam deck do I want one? Possibly. I like the fact that because as as it's already said, I'm not a PC gamer. My PC that I have right now is not even close to is not even close to the specs that I want to do to play high end PC games. Not even close. Steam Deck is. Yes, exactly. But here's the thing: this is not Valve's first foray into hardware. What happened to the Steam controller? What happened to their box? But yeah. What you, happened you to tell the, me, you? Tell me, Ben. What happened to it? They Nothing died. happened to it. Yeah, Nothing. they were made. They were crappy. So just looking at looking at that at their track record for hardware, it's not that good. Does that mean I'm automatically putting this under the rug? Of course not. There's always a chance for them to actually nail it. So as as much as as excited as I am, as much as I'm happy for people who, like me who don't have gaming PCs and now can get into this, like if I get a Steam Deck, I'm definitely gonna get Xbox Game Pass. You bet your ass, I'm gonna do it. But. I'm going optimistic. I'm going in cautiously optimistic because I remember the big the hubbubaloo about the Steam controller about about the Steam controller, and then that nothing. It just no one talked about. It, no one uses it, as far as I know. Yeah, uh, I mean, they still sell Steam hardware that you can buy. Like you could still buy that stuff. Yeah, just you because can. it didn't do just because it didn't do well doesn't mean 
it's it died. It just wasn't popular. What the Steam machines were just gaming consoles for your PC, like, and they were too expensive. That's what they're correcting on. They died because they're too expensive. They're learning from that now. What they weren't. Bad, it wasn't bad equipment. It was just overpriced, much like the PlayStation Three was. But everyone loved PlayStation Three, right? Eventually. Yeah. Four hundred dollars for this thing is a steal. It is. It, it, it oh, should it's be only four hundred. Yeah. That's wow. at the, so it's, it's, at, it's at tiered pricing. At, at, it's for yeah. how how like storage. Yeah, for storage essentially, yeah. and mm-hmm. you can always like rig more storage down the line. Like they have a they to. have a slot you can put an SD card. Right. Yeah. So like nice. you, so yeah. so that's not really limiting. Yeah. So they're doing tiered pricing because they want people to feel like they can get in on this. And again, like what's insane about it is the amount of hardware to make this possible is expensive, but they're selling it at a loss. Yeah, because they're looking at long-term investment, as I described to Megan earlier when we were explaining. I'm like, this is like in video games when Disney Plus went six dollars a month for a streaming service, while other things were asking for like eight or higher. Yeah, um, this is the same thing. This is them saying like, you buy in at this, and we believe that it will sell enough units that it's eventually going to make back the costs mm-hmm. for sure. Because because if- because not only will it make back costs on the consoles, it'll make back costs on new people coming to the platform to play more, more games, games than they yeah. ever have before yeah. or like <clears throat> to to an example ben this is like the best way you'll ever be able to run sonic adventure oh yeah because you can get the pc copy and run it on a mobile mm-hmm. like who cares about having these things on switch now no like okay. most yeah. of these things who gives a shit so here's... you can run knights of the old republic on this thing and then dock it and put it on your television and then mm-hmm. take it on the go yeah it's not just like oh what is this going to do for like the future of these games that are offered on this on this service for like going forward now that they're doing this it's also this huge back catalog some things that were only shared between playstation one or two and pc and now you can just do them you can just have them on your PC thing, but it's here like a Switch. The thing, if Nintendo didn't have such an insanely good first party like uh, category, uh, catalog of games, like, you know, Mario, Zelda, like all those, like this would kill the Switch, <clears throat> like for real. If Nintendo didn't have Mario and Zelda, like uh, this, this is the best like handheld thing uh, that like my- Microsoft and Sony could never compete with this. I thing. will, I will take it one note further, which is that now Nintendo's going to feel the pressure under their ass to release their old backlog titles. Yeah. This is going to be like, yo, I'm sorry, what? You're not putting out the old Zeldas? Yeah. Hold on, let me just put the emulator here. Excuse me. Yeah. And and again, like Steam is a digital library, um, but I've had this same digital library for 15 years of my life. And there are games that are like, mm-hmm. I haven't touched this game since like 2011. And I, you know, it's all cataloged. I'm like, the fact that I just, I can have my my entire gaming history on the go mm-hmm. now like PlayStation games like are plus, now coming to plus PC, your Xbox stuff plus all all the games on Xbox plus Epic Games like plus the Ubisoft store like it's just like it's it's too good to be true and it's because it is because they are selling it at a loss they know they know what they're doing they're like we want to do something really cool for gamers and it's gonna suck for us now but it's it's gonna work out on the end just like Xbox Game Passes is yeah. they're doing a loss right now yeah and I agree like a lot of the vitriol I was seeing is of people who were saying that this is gonna destroy Nintendo how how dare Nintendo even think that they can compete whereas other people are, are fighting back and they're of course calling names and it's essentially it's like the console wars of the 90s but dialed up a little bit because there's a lot, lot more that <laughs> i can't say nintendo I can't has had console. such a nintendo has had such a uh 
uh, a grip on the handheld industry for so long. Nintendo, um, and it really looks like Ben, uh, and it really looks like looks interesting that someone actually came up with a competitor that could yeah. uh, rival it for the first time in ages. Even when Sega, Atari, and eventually Sony threw their hats into the ring, like if you were to look at a, a Game Gear, a Lynx, which was Atari's handheld, and the Game Boy back in 1989, you would think the Game Gear and the Ataris would destroy the Game Boy. How mm-hmm. because they a they had backlit screens and b they had they were in full color whereas the Game Boy was monochrome, but for some reason those systems were killed by the wayside because you can play games longer on the Game Boy and they were cheaper and easier to get. Yeah. Whereas the Lynx Game Gear they they got they like they guzzled double A batteries. You were spending more money on double A batteries than you were playing the games, and that continued out throughout its entire life. The things that were keeping Nintendo afloat during the Wii U years, during um the GameCube era, it was the Game Boy Advance and the 3DS though, and the yeah. DS games. Those were helping keeping Nintendo afloat while their consoles weren't doing the best. And so. I don't think this is obviously Nintendo's a, a billion dollar company. They're gonna find a way to bounce back. They're gonna release a game, and everyone's gonna be like, "Holy shit, we need this game!" You can only play on Switch, so people are gonna get another Switch to play. I don't think, I don't think Nintendo's gonna go out of business because of yeah. This Nintendo's fun. gonna be completely fine. Yeah, yeah Nintendo's N- Nintendo's gonna be fine. The, um, the Switch will still be popular, and the main thing is that you can't get you can't get uh, PC games. You know, you can't get Nintendo games on your PC. Yeah, like that's that's just not gonna happen. So like. The, the switch is still going to like it's fine it's fine i'm they're, still they're, buying they're, a new i'm still gonna buy a new switch yeah, yeah, they'll right? still make like, a, but are you buying it as soon it depends on what comes out uh, first yeah uh so and but like nintendo is just going to have to work a little harder to up show that it appreciates its fans yeah because yeah. i will tell you the the thing where they're going to take the dip that nintendo eShop is about to lose a whole bunch of those indie game sales yeah with Ooh, this yeah. thing Oh, they dude, are going Steam to go has to, so many sales. They're going to go to the Steam. They're yeah. going to go to the Steam store now. That's the biggest thing for, like, third-party games. Like, like Doom, Doom, Doom Eternal, and The Witcher 3 are on the Switch. Those are two games that do not run well on that system. <clears throat> now that this this portable PC is coming out, this, the Switch is going to lose the, the third-party games, like the, like the customer even, base, I think, a little bit. Even with games like two, um, I don't, okay, not too many. Oh, okay, here's a good example. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's that was announced for Switch, correct? Yeah, that's a cloud gaming. That's a cloud-based game. Uh, that's cloud you games. have to have an internet connection to fully play and to play Guardians of the Galaxy correctly because the hardware, like for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, they have the hardware built in. That that's fine. They can get put a disc and you're good to go. Right. Whereas for for the Switch, you have it, that's you have to have an internet connection at all times Which, to be able to play that, and you know that's weak. Glitchy and fuck as hell always something that people knew was going to come up with the switch they have to put out a new system something newer than even the oled that they announced which is something that's going to actually meet the standards of what next gen console gaming is supposed Mm -hmm. to be and yeah eventually they're going to have to get there but the bigger more immediate backlash they're going to see from this if should this system prove as effective as i think it will uh is those indie games yeah the, the switch i can't tell you how many games indie games i bought on the switch rather than buying it on my playstation or my xbox or even my pc because i'm like i want to just be able to do that on the go yeah. this is a great little mm-hmm. indie game for on the go that is gonna change it is um also being 400 bucks that is very very cheap considering what this machine can do or yeah, what, yeah. Or the advertising it can do it's I mean, it's all, 
it's not as strong as a PS5. Like I want everyone to know, like it, you're not getting a portable PlayStation Five, but it is like it is so much stronger than the Switch. It's like a PlayStation Pro. Like it is, it is, it's pretty good. But essentially, getting a PlayStation or not PlayStation, getting a handheld gaming PC with the right specs for me to play game PC games. Yeah. and possibly stream better and be able to do more stuff with it than I can with my own PC that I have right here sitting next to me? Hell yeah. And don't forget, you, you can dock phones. it. There you go. You got me. Uh, when they first announced it, I didn't know if you were going to be able to dock it. And then I watched the interview and like, you can dock it. So like, if it, if the game goes to 4K on your TV, you can you can do it on your TV in 4K. You know, the, the thing will be 720p. And I'm like, hey, but that's great. It's a handheld thing. I'm not looking for 4K. Like, they didn't want to make a 4K handheld because that would be way too expensive. Right. And they're like, they're thinking logistically and smart. And I'm like, man, this this really looks and like... And they're like, yo, that dock thing's pretty smart. And it's like, why don't we just do it? Yeah. <laughs> and they were so cool. In the interview, they're like, yeah, you can buy our dock or don't. You can just buy any third-party USB and it'll work. They were like, we don't care. You can just do it. Just We, they, yeah. we just want you to play games. And like, yeah. it's the Xbox. It's like the Microsoft approach of like, stop being so like, thinking in one direction and thinking wide. And you're like, man, that's how you make more money. Just think about everybody. It's great. It's, it's, it's a guarantee at some point I pick up one of these. Uh, it's just going to make gaming a such a much more enjoyable and broader spectrum for me. Yeah. The fact that anything I could have access to on Game Pass, because I have Game Pass anyway, yeah. I can also just have wherever I want on the go the same way i do with a switch it, it's unbelievable yeah it's really cool <clears throat> when i first saw this i thought i thought i'd misread it then i thought it was a prank <laughs> yeah and then i'm like oh my god this is real yeah wow video games just changed yeah steam has had, uh, has had a good track record of changing <laughs> the landscape of video games ever since steam you're right that's very true um okay trailers let's go to the trailer park you know, I had Triple X on my PSP. Oh, the UMD. The, the game or the movie? The movie. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Well, this I is like, I like Smash Brothers. I, I love Smash Brothers. I've seen some Smash Bros. clones. This is definitely I'll tell Smash you what. This has, this has all the characters that I want. Probably plus almost. more, almost. But like, like the ones that are like, oh, I didn't expect that. Like, I'm not gonna lie, Reptar got me. Reptar got me. Reptar, Reptar got, got, me. got me. Um, Danny uh, Phantom. Danny, yeah, like I'm, it's not. I'm, I, I'm waiting for someone very particular, and if this game is successful, I'm sure he'll come. Mm -hmm. And it's the Crimson Chin. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh. So this was, this was the first trailer. So like, we don't know like how smashy it is. Like, will there be trophies? Will there be like you know people to bring in like. Maybe the Crimson Chin is like a, like, oh, you bring him in, he punches or something. Like, bring me the rocket power kids who like just skateboard over people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. That, that would be the rocket power kids would be yeah, crazy. Look, Throw if you ever wanted to watch, if you ever wanted to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, kick Reptar's ass, there you go. Yeah. No, oh, you know who else got me? <laughs> you know who else got me? I was like, hold up, I haven't seen this character in like 15 plus years. Powdered Toast Man. That's what I oh, said. Yeah. I can't believe was, it. Powdered Postman was a freaking spinoff of Ren and Stimpy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They bring in Powdered freaking Toastman. And yeah, he's the second I, character to be uh to be shown. I, I was awesome. genuinely I was genuinely shocked that we didn't see Jimmy Neutron or Timmy. Fairly odd parents. Yeah, yeah. any fairly odd parents characters. I was like, I, I'm stunned. I'm sure they're saving some. I'm sure Neutron it. especially. Jimmy Neutron especially. Yeah. So you know what? I'm pretty sure they're doing the Smash Bros. thing where they're going to announce more characters before they announce the DLC. 
I'm yeah, sure. I say more because I, I remember seeing somewhere that they're going to announce more characters. It's another character that got me through that three and four loop. Was like, hold up, what? Nigel Thornberry is a fighter. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I want to fight with Plankton so bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Sandy, SpongeBob, and Patrick—they're—they're they're like the Mario characters essentially because Mario has like the more most slots in Smash Bros. But yeah, who's the face of Nickelodeon right now? SpongeBob. Didn't PlayStation um, try to do a? Uh, they sure did. PlayStation All Stars. They sure did, Brandon. And yeah. we best—it's best not to talk about it. Kratos yeah, versus Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, keyword there. Try it. Um, yeah. I mean, I like the the roster. To be perfectly honest, I mean the roster so far, so. But I can't. I don't think I'll buy it like immediately. But like, it could be a fun Reptar game. Reptar got me. Like, you put this on Game Pass, and I'll play it for sure. Oh, Mag's got Mag's got a Invader Zim as well. Oh. Yeah. Penny the robot. Oh, yeah. Team Robot. Oh, oh yeah. My life yeah, is yeah. Teen Gen- robot. yeah. XJ9. My life is a teenage robot. Uh, John Riley also says, uh, "I am excited but cautious." Developer does not have a real good track record. Oh, that's a shame. Agreed. I didn't even look at the developer. Agreed. Hi, John. Um, All right. Uh, definitely, like, uh, would love Ginger from As Told by Ginger to just, like, come out with a chair. <laughs> they get a live-action <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart for Clarissa Explains It All. <laughs> uh, okay. Man, I feel like we could, like, just, like, throw a dart at the wall at a Nintendo cast of characters and then, ooh, you know who you good uh, uh, a fighter? Vicky. I saw a clip, yeah, I saw a clip real quickly from the 2009 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show where uh, where they go through the the different multiverse of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and this giant evil Shredder is about to kill the original comic book Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to erase all of the TMNTs throughout the time in the universe. I was like, oh, this show went hard. I kind of want to check that out. I have heard nothing but good things about like the past three TMNT shows. Apparently, like that franchise. Just, I really like, want to watch like now, like we have access to Paramount Plus through. Megan's sister, Ooh. and uh, they have all of the like most recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show, which just looks like an anime. Yeah, it looks. Yeah. Sick. I want to watch it so bad. Yeah, I've watched a bunch of clips online. Yeah, I shared a clip online of this really sweet action sequence, and I was like, "Oh dang, this looks yeah. awesome!" Yeah. Oh yeah, Ninja Turtles, man. They they right. uh, they're kicking I, ass. I, is finally collecting is collecting the first run of their TMNT run, uh, and a soft cover. I'm gonna pick it up. Oh, nice. All right. Well, you don't want you don't want the character hardcovers that they do. <laughs> That's expensive. Um, um, one more thing um, from Mag, he says that TMT Forever is highly recommended after the 2003 show ended. Oh, okay. Keep it noted. Reservation Dogs. Yo, this looks awesome. Yeah, this is, Yeah, this uh, he's producing it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love finding new perspectives in life. And like, just like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, I, I don't know anything about living on a reservation, like, like a Native American reservation. Like, that's like, it's very alien to me. So like, it's just regular, they're just regular people. And that's what's so fascinating and so cool about this. Like, it's just regular people living in life, but they're, they're separate on a reservation, like dealing with that. I'm like, it's, it's, it's so year, weird. It's, it's the year 2021 and we can finally have something on television that actually shows what it's like to live on a reservation. Yeah. Right uh, and not in the sense like, Ooh, how exotic and different, but just be like, Hey, by the way, this is how people live. Yeah. Uh, that you probably don't know about. And you're like, yeah, you're right. I should watch this. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, it, it's got like really like natural like acting and like the comedy is really good. really entertaining. And yeah. Easy. And yeah. like, like all the kids look great. And like, again, it's just, a, it's a slice of life that I've never seen before. And like that instantly attracted it to me. Yeah. This is, uh, he was, uh, Takeaway TV a couple months ago said that 
you know this is kind of supposed to be like a uh comedy version of pulp of a uh, reservoir dogs so yeah, yeah i saw the name and i'm like is it was it actually then like it is they're in the suits yeah yeah moment yeah yeah where, um yeah, it looks really charming. Like you guys are the best thieves I know in this town, and it's a small town. I'm like, yeah, it looks, it looks charming. Yeah, when the gonna... tip truck goes across and the dude's just on his phone. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for this. It's FX, so I trust it's going to be pretty solid. Yeah, this took me by surprise. Monster Hunter: Legends of the Guild. Yeah, I like Monster Hunter, baby. Dante Bosco playing teenagers for thirty years. Forever. I um, had no idea another Monster Hunter project was in the works. Nobody did. I didn't either. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the animation. It's not terrible. It's um, better than a lot of the others. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely better. Um, uh, I, 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 it looks like it looks like Monster Hunter. Like it's mm. got all like, all the all the monsters. Like like they're hunting. I like that it's it's doing like the pro hunting angle of like why we are hunters and like these creatures are coming in and affecting the environment. It's what the elder dragons do. Like they come and they they f up uh, natural environments. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's like that's lore from the game. And like they're they have, these... they have a relationship with their environment. And that yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah, I'm I definitely encouraged to uh, at least pay attention to like how it's received. Yeah, I definitely. I'll check the reviews out before I give it a shot, but I'm, I'm like, it's only, it's only real detriment is it just, it just might be too darn kitty, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. I was going to say, it's kind of like when, um, nature preserves, they drop in predators to thin the deer herd because deer, if left unchecked, they can destroy the ecosystem. So yes. they have to airdrop wolves to control the deer population. <laughs> we're always wolves with parachutes. Always, we're always one divot in the wolf population away from the deers ruining yeah. us all. Because <laughs> people no, are like, oh, no, deer, save the deer. I really deer is out there looking at me saying, soon, soon. I really, I really like the idea of them air airdropping wolves. Hell yeah, dude. Do. <laughs> all right. Just like like the the I'm thinking like the small version of the wolf from Rampage with the wings just floating oh, down. Yeah, yeah. No, there's this um, there's a, this meme that's been making the rounds for years that I see every once in a while, but it, it talks about how wolves are airdropped in the Yellowstone to control the deer population, and someone drew a, a wolf in a parachute staring at a deer, and it brings out a knife like I'm gonna get you, like Rambo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like fucking Rambo. <laughs> I just I just remember. <laughs> I just remembered the comic about the the the, the, the flamingos killing the T Rex. This is uh, this is why the moment in Adventure Time where the deer stands up on its two legs and pops its hoods off and has fingers <laughs> is so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> All right. Okay, one, one more really random fact. You want to know the natural predator of the moose? Orcas. Yeah. Oh, killer whales are the natural predator. Of the Bro. moose because moose can dive down thirty feet in the water and orcas can swim up and chomp on them. See, I'm just imagining like a moose is at the end of a cliff going, "Come at me! Come at me!" I was thinking of willing to yeah. shit up there. Yeah, what yeah. are you gonna do? I was just thinking about an orca moving on land like the like the Godzilla, like Shin Godzilla. Yeah, no, it's like because there's. Because there's such a big killer whale population between Oregon and Alaska, and that's where a lot of moose are, and they'll dive down. And so, yeah, killer whales will find some moose uh, antlers. Because the moose want to eat the vegetation at the bottom of the water. And they're like, and they're like, I'm like the biggest thing around. I've never seen anything bigger than me. I'll be fine. And then, and then of course, and then of course, and then of course. No, and then of course, like, like a moose is like, I'm the biggest thing, who can mess with me? Orca comes up, surprise, motherfucker, and just chomp on him. 
the wolf of the sea killed me. Do you know that I, killer whales are called that? They're called the wolves of the sea. It's got the, ten times more cooler. Suck it, it ended up. It ended up being a good parallel, a good callback to when we were talking about airlifting wolves. Air dropping an orca. <laughs> dropping an orca on the land. What were we even talking about? Um, Monster Hunter. Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> Ecosystems. Damn. What happened? How do we that get all the way, way from that? That is a I because because they were talking about how they need to kill the monsters to control the help to help the environment. And that reminded anyway. me. Anyway, yeah, that that was a Thank tangent. You. Sorry, boys. Thank you for that moose fact. I loved learning about that. <laughs> Thank Pet Foolery. They're the ones who he wrote a draw comic about it, and then it's like, oh shit, that's real. All right. Uh yeah okay well this is also this is apparently I think this is a Japanese uh or a Chinese uh animation project not an American one so yeah gotcha Monster Hunter I mean not orcas yes and then finally pick Disney Pixar's new film Turning Red Yo is this one coming to the theaters Yes so good far. should next, be next yeah year. yeah hopefully um yeah I hope so uh, Pixar deserves that. Yeah. Um it's all it always has. Uh yeah, ever since I heard the concept of this at D23, I was like, that sounds really interesting, which is basically in case you didn't get it from the trailer, uh the little girl, whenever she feels any any kind of uh anxiousness or anxiety, um and it spikes out. up, she turns into a gigantic red panda. Super yeah. cute. Um I love it. I, I, I'm all about like Pixar in the post Lasseter years uh, being willing to have their human characters look unique, unique different. and different mm -hmm. and go for mm -hmm. really strong and different styles. We got that this with look, Luca, this yeah. looks vibrantly yeah. different from Luca. Like nothing about it says like this was made by the same studio, except like the, the animation is gorgeous mm -hmm. still. Uh, and I'm so happy. Yeah. yeah. This looks, this looks cute. It's gorgeous. Like, I, I like uh, in the beginning of the trailer when the mom is like trying to sneak onto the campus and then she then the daughter turns into the giant red panda. It's like oh no, we got to overbury when, when the when the mom when the mom kicks the the, the security guard in the shit. Yeah, uh, Backstreet Boys is an interesting choice, but otherwise, you know, like I'm here. I'm That's here what for makes it. you larger than life, baby. I was really into this trailer because the Backstreet Boys. I was always more into the I Backstreet thought, Boys. I thought it was anything. used really well. I honestly, I thought it was used really well for this trailer, and I'm like, you know, I'm here. I'm here yeah. for it. Next year. Did you guys know that uh, Backstreet's back? All right. All right. And they're turning I mean, red. I mean, they came back a few years ago, and like everybody cared for the movie, and then nobody cared after that. I didn't even care about it. Well, they're, they're back again, so they, just, okay. they came back. Like, oh my god, we're back again! They had a really good comeback album about five years ago. Yeah, they, it was the album that came out right after uh, they came back in. Um, this is the end. Oh, I don't yeah. know. That's, yeah. that's the one yeah. where they're in, they go to heaven, and it's like, that's look, it's right. Backstreet Boys. That's and it's right. like, cool. And everyone's like, right, Backstreet Boys. They release a new album, and it's like, no, but we only like old Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I really liked their comeback album, but I haven't listened to their newest album. I think they put one out. All right. All right. Anyway, should we get into the topic? All right. Yeah. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. We are talking oh, about nope. Space Jam, a new legacy. Thumbs down. The sequel to Space Jam, 1996's Space Jam with Michael Jordan. This one oh, are we doing one of our pantsed fake reviews? This doesn't work on anyone who listened to the beginning where we were very clear. <laughs> or reads. Um, 
no, we are talking about the new Netflix original, uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. Netflix purchased. Netflix, Netflix purchased. Uh, I, this, yeah, I'm kind of bummed this movie didn't go to theaters, but then I also am like, maybe it's okay. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I'm really happy I got the lyrics right to that song. Just want to take a moment to appreciate myself for a second. Um, but yeah, we're so full spoilers for the new Netflix purchased uh, film. Um, it came out on Wednesday. We decided to talk about that because Spaceship looked awful and none of us wanted to see it. So uh, this is full spoilers for this new action film. What do we think of it? I'm gonna go first and then go to the bathroom. Do it. I had a I had a good I had a good time. Hmm. Okay. Since you're in the same uh, box, Sparks. Why well, this is beyond the box i can reach past it um uh yeah uh i visually love this movie and then after that my love for it starts to diminish in different ways for different aspects overall i i also enjoyed my time ben Uh, it was fine and I, i when i say it's fine i legit mean it was fine but it's definitely one of those movies that after it was done, I was like, okay, there's a few things I have a, some problems with. But I and I also know this is definitely going to be one of those movies I'm going to forget about in a month. And if you said, hey, you, did you watch that movie? I'm like, what? I really liked it. That's good. Hell yeah. I had a good time. Um, well, let's get I, into it. I also had a good time. I, I heard everything because the bathroom's not far. Uh, I agree. If this movie didn't look as good as it did, I might hate it. If I'm being honest. I don't know if I'd hate it. I just might be. I would just might be like more casual about it. Um, I I look. There's a solid like. There are moments there's in this a movie solid I love. Thirty minutes of this yes. movie that I think is exceptional. I agree, and that's but that but for me that's where everything else kind of just like. No, I get you. Uh, I get you. I I think I think that this movie suffers from a really interesting problem where I think I I don't want more movies. I don't. I don't want them to be setting up a sequel, um, but I also think that this movie tried to do two different movies plots at once. Yeah, and it should have only done one. Uh, what are the two plots? Uh, one plot is Kill the like son. is like taking care of the girl and like separating from the firm, and the other is you killed this guy's son, and also you have to deal with this. And I'm like, and and they're gonna kill the other librarian lady in their attempt to like get you back for killing the son. And I'm like, these are two different movies. Mm-hmm. They could have been and flesh out these characters in this world more, mm-hmm. but we made it one. And I think it's weaker because of it. Yeah. Sure. I agree that. What oh, are the man. 30 That's minutes that you good. think are exceptional? Uh, from, <laughs> from the moment that we encounter the monster squad, the monster squad <laughs> onto uh, the laughing gas bozos who have the wrecked who have the, the paralyzed fight with her. Uh, are for me like that whole section is on like that's some of the best stuff I've ever seen in any movie and I want to get this one I, I'm gonna get this one right out of the gate um, I think this movie was marketed wrong uh, a lot of people I've seen who have bounced off this movie have gone into it and I totally get it feeling like it was gonna be like Lady John Wick um, and that is not what this movie is. This movie is very much, whether it's intentional or not, done in the style of like the weird noir actiony kind of western, almost western actiony. Yeah. Um, and I do mean like western, uh, western gunslinger film, um, not western us western concept. Uh, 
uh, of like a John Woo or um, uh, hold on um, or mm, there was definitely Kim Kim Ji Woon's uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Weird. I love that movie. Um, this is visually in that style. It's mm-hmm. playing in that space, and unfortunately, not all of the cast knows they're in that movie for some reason. Yeah. And the laughing bozos definitely know they're in that movie. Yes. Lena Hetty definitely knows she's in that movie. Karen Gillan does Karen Gillan, not so much. She, and I really like her. It, and she doesn't know what movie she's in. It bums me out because she's the person that we're following throughout the whole movie and she's the person having the least fun in the whole movie. Um, and I get that's her character. But I I, I personally found her to be stiff but not in a fun way where well, that's the character. And, and I thought it was fine in the beginning yes because i'm like you are you have hardened yourself to everything and i think that that is coming across and it's fine mm-hmm. but the girl and, and reuniting her with her mom should have softened her up through the second half of the film to have more personality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, of her own it, watching her play off lena hetty who's like bringing more than lena hetty usually would in a role like this anyway mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like charisma and chemistry mm-hmm. to the scene and Karen Gillan kind of being a wall. Half she doesn't the time. really have a character. And, and I know Karen Gillan's capable of more. So I'm like, I don't know why this choice had to be the choice. Yeah. I like, I think she was like, supposed to be like, like the stoic badass kind of thing. And like, I just, I, I don't know if it worked for me. Yeah. yeah I, I, you talked a bit about the, um, the look of it. I actually, one of the things I, I, I really like uh, about this film is that it looks I thought it recreated the kind of look it was going for really well, a kind of neo noir uh, yeah. thing. I really I agree. like that. I yeah, agree. That's why yeah, I said like yeah. visually, I love every moment of the movie, regardless of what's happening mm-hmm. necessarily. With characters on screen, the color, the setting, the shot choices, though the cuts, all of it, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I I love every visual decision, one hundred percent. For me, the lighting is like the best part of the movie. The lighting in that fight scene where the fight scene in the hallway of the doctor's office with the boneheads and Karen Gillan can't using her arms. I thought that was okay. great. That was well really good. That was a really good action scene. Um, I love a lot of the neon. I love the color. Like I, I almost called it neon punk for a hot second because everywhere because it's dark almost everywhere they go and there's a but there's those bright neon lights. So I'm like, man, I dig this aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really wonder, warm. It's a really warm movie in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um my biggest 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 problem is how they kind of just like they rush through so many big plot points and like Sparks said earlier I think Sparks you spun you you put this in a better way than I could of how there's two plots in one movie and they don't mesh very well. And the one thing I was really looking forward to see was more conflict between the firm and McAllister. Because Karen Gillan was sent to kill McAllister's son, and then they just totally throw her under the bus. Mm -hmm. And she straight up says, like, you sent me to do this job. I did this job, and now you're burning me for it. That's business. I would have – I was – the more I think about it, it's like there could have been some really good – like during the diner sit-down scene, just like, you know, the firm sent me. And be like, what? They 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 could have worked at the end. He does because he because he, he says at the end, uh, you know, I know you were just a hired gun. I know this wasn't your fault. You're the one. You're the, you're the one. Oh yeah, hired. it doesn't matter to him. Yeah, no, yeah. She, no, the girl says that he doesn't say anything like that. Yes, he does. No, he, no, yeah, he, he, he gives her a package. He helps her. No, 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 not, no, not, not Nathan. Sorry, 
sorry, sorry. No, the 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 McAllister, the bad guy, and the diner scene at the end. He he says, "I know you were just a hired gun. I know that you know this wasn't your fault." Um, That's true. Yeah, but I don't care. Yeah, it, it, you still killed my son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I missed it because I because I missed that part because all I remember. Either way, like that... either way, like my biggest thing is that most of the movie. Until like we, until actually something happened here that made us pause the movie, and I recognized there was twenty five minutes left. I assumed that going after the firm was still the goal. The goal of the end of the movie, yeah, and it wasn't. That was a potential sequel setup, if anything. And I'm like, I think that was the miss, yeah, Um, because for her and her mom, the firm is the is the problem, like the unifying problem which is weird in terms of Nathan's character, but let's just remove Nathan's character from that discussion and just say the firm is the problem because the firm is the, also the person who had, who had in their pocket, the guy that killed her dad. Uh, and so like, this has always been the issue. Um, and it's very much portrayed as like the boys club yeah. and they've got the girls club and like, fine. Um, but for me, like I would have, uh, not again, like kind of not really wanting them to to go out. No, wanting a sequel. But if you were to take on both of these plot ideas, I'd rather that this film was about like, yeah, we're separating from you because you accidentally killed that dude's son. But we don't actually get the follow through from that dude in this movie. Yeah, we know that that happened, but it's why there's problems with the firm, and they have to end their shit with the firm for this movie. And then in the next movie, because they ended their shit with the firm, it would be, oh, now you're not protected. So now that guy is coming so, for you for yes. killing his son. And that would be that movie yes. and like flesh out the library and stuff more. Make me care more about Carla's character before you kill her. Uh, make me be connected and invested in that whole side of it. And that's why I'm like, it's so, the, the script is so clunky. It's and, messy. and at the heart of that is Nathan. I, I just don't know what he's supposed to be to them because she's like, I never wanted this life for you. But she also explicitly left him with Nathan who clearly just pushed her into the firm. Uh, it's not like he trained her outside of it in some kind of cool Alfred way. Yeah. He just was like, you're part of the firm now. And she's like, I never wanted this for you. And I'm like, the, the, why did you give her to Nathan? I don't understand that. Um, and they never really explore that concept. And like, he clearly cares about them. Yeah. But is still a firm man. It's all so weird. Nathan is the most poorly like executed character in this film because his connection to them is too vague and his, his motivations unclear. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Um, uh, music's great. Yeah. I, I like really like, I really like the soundtrack in this movie. It's, yeah. it's going hard sometimes. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and yeah. I think that's fine. I think um, the action, the action for the most part is pretty good. Um, I think I think it gets better. I think the last action sequence is actually, is pretty good, and I really like the paralyzed the paralyzed arm sequence. Uh, that the is early one though. I had I was kind of like, oh, you're you're the first choreographed. Minutes, I'm gonna be honest. The first twenty minutes, like I was really worried about this movie. It took me twenty minutes to, to actually like anything in the movie because at first I was just like a lot of talking, not much action, kind of just like Karen Gillan being uh, doing nothing. I'm like, oh my god, something's got to happen in this movie. Uh, and, then and then we got to an action scene. Or then, and also you get that opening action scene with a bunch of people, and she and she just points and starts shooting, and then it just jump cuts to the end of the fight. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, um, what, yeah. Um, what another action scene I really like is the scene in the the library, especially when they go you go into the enchanted forest in the endless ocean, which I love. I love that set design, and I, I think would, in the, uh, man, I would die I mean, to go there. I would, if I could, 
I could give like a bunch of money to my public library and make rooms like that because that like who wouldn't want to read books in a in an abandoned pirate ship? That'd be reading Treasure Island in that in that environment. That'd be freaking cool. Every set piece is really engaging. Like looks really great. Love it. Um, I I do need to amend my visual style comment. I okay. Like I love ninety five maybe 97% of the visual choices in this film. There is a small percentage I don't, and it's some of the slow motion is, it's the sl- is bad. The slow-mo at the yeah. end, the final diner. Not all of it, yeah, but some. The diner shot at the end. That's really not oh, the man. one that got me. Oh, really? Uh, what got me is like, okay, Lena Headey's in the slow motion coming to her daughter. Didn't bother me. Yeah. Angela Bassett and Michelle Yeoh in slow motion coming to help them. Yes. Little bit bothered yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow motion to get back to Carla, really pushing it. Yeah. Um, there's a, you reminded me of, of two things I wanted to go I wanted to backtrack onto. Uh, one is the diner the diner slow motion st- sequence that Ryan brings up. Um, one of my favorite moments uh, in this movie happened in that, and it's because it was in slow motion because it's just uh, Angela Bassett's like, like pushes the guy and he's into the smoke shake and you just see the dude's face like realize oh no <laughs> just like slams into the milkshake. Yeah, uh, I thought that was really funny. Uh, Michelle, um, Mich- um, Michelle, Michelle yeah. Loses, yeah, she loses an eye in this in that scene. I really, but I, I, because Ben brought it up, I really wanted to talk about the library action sequence. Um, you know, it's cool that they got those rooms, but I really like the beginning of that action sequence when Karen Gillan is finding all this random crap uh, in the books and has to fight with it. I thought that was really inventive and cool. The gold um, bar. Yeah, yeah. All I could do, the gold bar was really good. All I could do was think about this one dude who, like, his last thoughts before he died was, how'd a gun come out of that book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really, and I also really like in that moment that um, we get, well, yeah, Lena Headey has the two bayonets on the pistols, which I think yeah, is really cool. That's so sick. That's so cool. Um, is, and then Angela so... Bassett, and then Ash, Angela Bassett and Michelle Yeoh get some action in that moment, and I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the, the secondly, he puts the knives on her guns. I'm like, mm, Final Fantasy cool. fan, I see. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say, um, uh, there's like the main henchman guy with the match in his mouth who kills Carla Dugino. Um, I don't mind that he that he killed her. I just think it's kind of bullshit that like he just aimed willy nilly and killed her that way. Because like at least ha- like it's like so lame. I thought it was just kind of lame. I'm like, also the no. way he dies in the movie is lame. There's no it doesn't come to a head in that moment. It's a pa- it's a he passing just- thing in the it's a passing thing in the slow motion at the diner that Michelle Yeoh just shoots him a couple times in the back. And that's he it. She jumps it's out of the window like a coward. And then, because this guy looks so, like when they drop the guns, like when him and uh, um, Auntie Madeline, I've, I've, um, Anime? Well, I've, no, the, the, the no. I forget. The one, the, the librarian who was like pr- proper, and I, I, she was my favorite. Oh, yeah, Carla Gugino. <laughs> yeah, thank I you. Genuinely... Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, when they like drop, like she gets the tomahawk and he put takes out the brass knuckles. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. And then they, and then it's like, the fight ends off screen. I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah, but we did get a payoff for Tommy Tomahawk, which I appreciated. I I genuinely think that um, they they had him jumping out the window because he's supposed to survive into the next movie, and they're like, it might just be this one movie. Shoot him. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and like if they do get a sequel, they'll be like, he, he survived. Lived. Yeah, because yeah. that actor, uh, he didn't have a big role in this, but like he's he's he was most recently in the thing in the Terror a couple years ago, which is an AMC uh, joint, and he was awesome in it, like like excellent, truly excellent. So like I really like this actor, and I'd like to see 
if they do make a sequel, make him survive. Because like I think he's he's not in this movie enough to like make an impact, but like I know he's got he's got it. He's got he's got the goods. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in here, we uh, found Drakov's backstory. For those who oh, might yeah. listen to our Black Widow review, <laughs> I realized, oh, this is what Drakov needed. Where the guy has this conversation frankly, making a, at least a slightly better impression than Drakoff did in, yeah. in Black Widow. I actually Widow. really like the saying, speech. Of yeah. saying, uh, I love my girls. Uh, I, I had girls. I painted the house pink, but I have four girls. And I don't understand and them. And I don't understand them. <laughs> then I have a boy. They chitter-chatter their own way. And then I have a son. And, I get and I'm it. like, there's something in here where that kind of philosophy is the stuff I wanted in Drakoff. Yeah. Yeah, because like again... This villain, this guy has not been in the movie that much, but now now he ends up being our primary antagonist. And I'm like, I don't know who you are, bro. So luckily this little speech, I thought it was a good little speech of why he's a bad guy. I but again, too. they didn't focus on him enough through the movie for me to really care. Yep. So And then they kill him. So I'm like, oh, oh okay, okay, cool. Good action. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I don't know if I have much more. I really don't. Um, yeah, I thought was... I was... I think, I think the, uh, the way that they stumble into allowing her to stab the dracula mask wearing dude with oh a the steak. steak yeah and him go Bleh! yeah <laughs> yeah i was like the movie needs much more of this yeah those those two scenes like the monster the monster mash fight scene and then then the the the, the, the dude with the wheelchair and the shotgun and like she's just like spinning her arm to shoot a gun. I wish the whole movie was like that. I really do. I can't, I can't tell you enough like I, I really do feel that this is very much like I could see this being made by the same guy who made the good, and the bad, yeah. weird. Made, like, like yeah. it's very much in that same vein. And I'm like, I think if every actor knew what they knew, what it was, yeah. and maybe some of the script choices were tighter, this could work. Oh, we we haven't even mentioned it, but there's a little girl in the movie. I think she's really good. I think she's actually really yeah, good. She's really good. Really yeah. She's like, she's like crying. I'm like, man. She's really good. No, Emily, I really enjoy in this movie. Um, like, yeah, Karen Gillan just does not lighten up at all. I yeah a little but it's not enough like there are moments like the moment when she's having to tell Emily that she killed her dad yeah and I'm like I I know you're bringing it it's well, just not like, always working I feel like that's an emotional I'll give that part a little bit of a pass because that's an, a big emotional beat but <clears throat> I'm talking just like you I don't know just like the whole you're right the whole movie she's stiff whereas you get lena Headey, who's got this she's got personality whereas i feel that there are times that karen gillen's delivering a line and she's delivering so monotonely that I, there's hardly any emotion there but that's my character because i'm a stone cold killer that is who i am yeah. yeah i i think i think the thing is like and i it's a reasonable argument that i i could definitely see around this which is that well if it was a guy would you say the same and i'm like i don't know i mean like sure uh i i guess that's a, yes because that's we don't a, like mark Wahlberg when he's doing the same stuff i, all the I time, agree so like, i agree but i'm like you know like you, you know they're they're thinking like when they say that they're thinking like you know john wick does this and i'm like kind of um but also keanu reese isn't a isn't the same type of actor like a, right they're not the yeah. same type of actor and they're not it's not the same type of thing yeah, I, I get it but the thing is like i don't think the story supports her being that hard ass yes. the whole movie that's the thing if she were not engaging with her mom's story or this little girl, if that wasn't a part of her story and it was just, I need to be this hard ass because of, of what I, you know, I got these mom issues and what I lost and all this kind of stuff. Then I'd be like, she can be that way for the whole movie. Sure. I get why she's that way. That's fine. Yeah. And then everyone else can have a, have other character stuff going on. 
the problem is that she's confronting the things that are at her emotional core, both through Emily by her own, like her relationship to having family and feeling abandoned by her mom and that kind of thing. And then her and her mom, uh, both of those things are being confronted in this film. So her character should be doing more. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's a, to some extent, it's got to be a script failing. Um, it, it is also a performance failing. Uh, I, I, Karen Gillan's capable, but it's not happening here. Nope. Yeah. Uh, shall we rate it? Uh, Michelle, uh, sorry, Angela Basta and Lena Headey definitely like banged in the history of this context of yeah. these films. Oh, yeah. So, yeah 100%. I, I, like, like 100%. And I wish there was more of that overtly in this movie. Yeah. Because while I really love the concept of the library, the librarians, the actors playing them, uh, they don't have enough actual character presence. Like all three of them feel like ideas of these actors playing these roles rather than like fully fleshed into the world characters. And weirdly, Lena Headey actually feels like a character living in this world. Again, I think this lends itself to, I think she knew what movie she was in more than the rest did uh, and knew how to play to those strengths more than the rest did like for real like those those like the the laughing gas guys are like in a completely different which, movie which isn't me to which isn't me saying like that those ladies angela bassett michelle yo or carla gigino aren't like playing very well and doing a good they're job not giving a i lot. think they are i just don't think that they are substantiated by the script to have enough to do yeah uh i think in a stronger film we would have had the whole back half focusing on the mom and Karen Gillan and Emily's relationship with them as they battle the firm again and like take away this McAllister plot and save that for another time and kill Carla in a different movie uh, because that would allow the focus to be there. It's also super weird that we reveal the librarians the way we do earlier in the film when it feels like in any other movie, the reveal would happen when they end up at the library after she's with her mom. Mm. Yeah. Like, we've heard about them, talked about, and that would be the big, like, here they are moment. We've heard about them. But we have this weird kind of They even have, like, an establishing shot them. of, like, this, going to that's it. That's my yeah, thing. You're I'm right. like, this is weird. Yeah. It almost feels like that earlier shot was like, no, you need to establish them more. And I'm like, I don't think you did. I think we could have heard about them the that's way we heard about them, like, being yeah. left with them and that kind of thing. And then stumbled into the library. But again, the rest of the film needs to support them more than it does. Yeah. Uh and that's my biggest thing. I can't get over that hallway fight though. Like those those bozos on laughing gas, like coming after her. The dude with the crutch. So the, he puts his leg up to yeah, be on support. His... Like I just I want the whole movie to be that. God, I would have loved that it. That was that was. I was absolutely like enthralled through that whole sequence. I'm like, this is this is good dude, stuff. Again, like the second Dracula is on the ground and she breaks his stick, and I'm like, come on, man, this is so good. And then it's just like back to. When she just go, when she breaks them up, I'm like, oh, please tell me she's gonna stake him. That just be just and uh, she does uh, like medium, okay. medium rare. I love I love the idea of this world where like crime evolved linearly since the 50s. So like while technology has upgraded in some ways, crime is more or less played out on the same level as it was in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and the concept of the world that exists around that, I kind of like. Like it's not the diner is really it's, cool. It's it's got its own like mindscape of how like crime operates, and I think it's really cool. Like everybody's codes is is very vibrant and interesting. Like the idea that they're all like we're just going to maintain tradition of the way that business is done mm-hmm. since the fifties. Uh, as as in contrast to like the more modern 
take of what John Wick does with like a, a Hitman Association. I just think is a really cool concept. And again, it is a world I wish I could have spent a little more time living in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I talked about the 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 music in this movie, but I also I wanted to just highlight also I think the needle drops are really good. Um, I, I think this this film has a really good soundtrack. For whatever reason, I was thinking about this with Black Widow also, and I forgot to bring it up with Black Widow. Um, I thought it had also really good mu- uh, needle drops. It has only, I think, two or three, if I can remember, mm-hmm. but I thought they're all well-placed and really well done. For whatever reason, they reminded me of Captain Marvel, and the needle drops are kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of, for whatever reason, I wanted to bring up that I like the contrast of like these good needle drops I, I, I noticed it more because of the, the captain marvel ones yeah um i also really really like there's some really just good offbeat comedy bits one in particular is like when everybody all the all the goons get the text message at the same time and you in show the, bus? the shot of them on the bus yeah and then you cut to the one dude who hadn't made it all the way through the vent yet and he's like oh yeah <laughs> like where all the different locations they are as they get the update and i'm like that's pretty funny yeah um there, there's a lot of good bits like that i think they're very strong yeah, uh, Lena Headey flipping out at the at the guy in the at the chef in the restaurant, <laughs> dirty with the dirty freezer uh, killed yeah. me. This freezer's a mess. Yeah, unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Maybe want to watch Dread again. Mm, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. was really good in Dread. That's yeah. what I mean. Is like, I watched Lena, Lena Headey commonly is cast to play the role that Karen Gillan is playing here, and the fact that she like brought something more sentimental to the table yeah. is really really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall I write it? Okay. Uh, Ryan, why don't you go first, since you said something. <laughs> I will give it a solid 7. Sparks? Yeah, I'd probably go about 7.5. Ben? Oh, no, I'm giving it a 6. Yeah, I ain't uh, mad at that. Uh, 7.5 for me. Uh, I enjoy this one. Should I... we get into our... Yes, we can get into our book club. I was going to say, I like... Because uh, we just watched two action movies back-to-back. Uh, I like Black Widow more. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. Definitely I'll definitely watch Black Widow over this first. <laughs> but I'm really glad we watched this instead of Space Jam. A hundo. Yes. Hundo. Oh, um. All right. Hmm. Let's go into our book club. <clears throat> uh, I, I I wanted to add. I do actually. I think I like the action sequences more in this film than I did in Black Widow. I'll agree with that. I like I, I like the character stuff so much more in Black Widow. Yes, definitely. Uh, all right, Sparks, your book club, take it away. Um, we are doing volume one of Something is Killing the Children by James Tynan IV, and we're, that's the writer, and art by Werther Deladera, and colorist is Miguel Muerto, and the letters and world design. All right. Hey guys, um, this is the first five issues of Something is Killing the Children. Ryan and I have already been reading this. It's a pretty cool series. A lot of people have compared it to like, what if Buffy, but like more adult. And I kind of get it. Um, I, I think that's maybe a little too broad of a, of a thing to lump it into, but yes. I understand the, the, the where that's If you got to do a elevator pitch for it, uh-huh. like... That, that is essentially... Girl getting, kills monsters. That is getting to the heart of it, yeah, sure. Obviously it's more um, I think the strength of this personally is very much based in that these characters feel very relatable mm-hmm. um, in a sense of like how they engage with their emotions. I think the strongest thing about uh, our lead protagonist is that is it's that, James Tyne in the fourth. <laughs> well, 
is that James Tynan is writing for sure. But also that she, she's very much like, even though she's, she's like a, a kind of a hard ass. Let's say that like, like Karen Gillan, um, she has, she's willing to open up in the sense of like, not necessarily be vulnerable. That's not the term, but to recognize the vulnerability of others. Yes. And, directly acknowledge it and say you know i understand this is hard yeah like not necessarily opening themselves up entirely but recognizing like i know what place you're in being understanding about it yeah, yeah and i now i'm gonna try and work with you on it especially like with the kid like i think a, in particular of a moment like a little later in this these five issues where uh she goes she yells at him and then he's like i'm really sorry and she's like no 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 i'm sorry like i'm in a thing and i know how you're hurting right now like i get it I get it. And, and this is what I need. And I need you to understand it. Um, and it's very like clear and concise in that way that I think uh, a lot of protagonists, when they're put in the position that she is, don't seem to offer. Uh, there's not usually such an emphasis on like, I understand trauma and I'm going to treat you as a person who understands trauma rather than say like, my trauma is really great and you don't get it, which is often the angle that it comes from. Like, you can't understand how bad I've had it. So why don't you pick yourself up? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of the attitude that tends to come. Whereas rather this is much more like I've been traumatized by shit. I know what, I know how that feels. And I'm here to, I, I want you to know I'm trying to support you. Empathy. I'm also trying to do a job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably some of the strongest stuff about the series. Uh, I want to hear what you guys think, though. Um, I like I like the series a lot. Um, it I I first of all I love that it starts slow. It's not it's not <clears throat> it is a slow burn. It's getting to know these characters. It's a slow mystery that 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 builds up over time. And now that it's on issue like seventeen, um, uh, I'm now I'm absolutely going to catch up because I have all these comics. Um, I really really like this comic, you guys. I really do. I James Tynan is a guy who who I've. I've been not negative, but I've just been mediocre on his previous comics. But the last couple of years, as you said earlier, Brandon, he's been knocking it out of the park. Um, and this is like, this is really good stuff. Like this and Department of, of Truth are, are are so good. And he has such a good grasp on like interpersonal relationships. Uh, uh, more than almost anyone writing today. Like like the simple stuff that you're talking about, not a lot of comics have that kind of stuff. No, I know. Um, and like I, and like the way- Not, he, a, lot, not a lot of genre television that yeah. does the same kind of- like basic concept of the role the protagonist does it either and and like you described it so well mm. and uh and i love that in these five issues we really don't get a lot of the story it's because like you just you just got to be along for the ride and like the end of the end of issue five it's revealed what like the new threat is and it's horrifying well because you said like uh, i just piggybacking off that before we go to the others uh, uh because you said like you don't get a lot of story in these five issues like what you get is a lot of really good like character work yeah and and like it's a character first thing mm -hmm. and story second and i think that it serves the store the the whole thing the whole piece very well uh what's up guys ben yo i really enjoyed this um like uh sparks you said earlier this was like what if buffy before adults i felt more of a stranger things vibe if anything because these kids are trying to find a monster that that jimmy thought he made up but turns out it was actually real and you get this cop who um is really trying to like figure out what the hell's going on and if there's and people are confused accusing him of being in someone's pocket and he's like he's on his last thread the, the sheriff's on the last thread and he doesn't know what's going on and the one and you have the older brother um what's the older brother's name the one who's the brother of sophie tommy tommy well, yeah, it's, been, it's been a couple days hold on one moment let me see if i've even got it on one of my pictures nope yeah. but uh i'm pretty sure it's tommy yeah so for, for sake of argument let's call him tommy 
But like when Tom, like I love the panel. What really got me is like, oh shit, adults can't see these beasts. Is when he turns around and he's going to the car after he leaves his mom's house, and he see and the monster. We see the monster, but mm-hmm. the reflection in the window of his car of his, of his windshield. There's no monster there. It's so good. Oh okay, my so, god. So I, right I, specifically, I specifically took a picture of this moment because it's probably my favorite page in these first five issues because you see him and the monster, but you see his reflection so clearly in the page that, you know, you're not, he's not seeing the monster. Ben, this is bloodborne shit. It's not, it's not just relying on the words it's conveying. Like this is a beautiful page just because it conveys so effortlessly. Uh, Like if the word bubble wasn't there of him saying, is anybody there? I would still know he doesn't see that monster. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so good. The reflection of the car being used for that is genius. And just, and also like skipping to the end of the, of the, of the trade, when she knocks him in the head and gives him the, the sight essentially to see this monster and him. And he just goes, Oh shit, this is real. Cause he was thinking like this girl is this, uh um erica i love erica by the way and I, I get that she's a hard ass but also like you said sparks i love how she does like when she does yell at jimmy and he says i'm sorry she's like no no you're you're hurting isn't, isn't her name erica, erica slayer erica slaughter. erica slaughter what a name what <laughs> a name the, the cop is like that's not your name and it's like it's a real slaughter, name slaughter's a real last name and he's like oh, that's dang. not your real last name yeah it's like you printed this at kinko's you didn't even laminate it <laughs> she's like yeah sure that's good I forgot one of the news items was about something is killing the children. T- uh, Tate Bromble, who did Barbalian, is doing a something is killing the children. Uh, uh, Enough, off. Yeah. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Yes. Um, so um, James Tynan said if Buffy, or said Buffy, if something is killing killing the children is his Hellboy, then this series is his BPRD, his like side side anthology stories of the, all the stuff that's happening in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I, meant to put it, I meant to put it in the news, uh, yeah. but I forgot. I really like this. I really like, um, I've liked James Tinian since Justice League Dark. Uh, he had Tynion. a run. Tinian, thank you. Um, uh, uh, since Justice League Dark, he did he did the first run of the Rebirth Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and this reminded me a lot of The Woods, in a sense, yeah. in tone. Um because this, this for whatever reason, everything about this book, uh, when it first came out, I thought it was the woods. Uh, I didn't realize that the woods was was its own separate thing and, and ending soon when it came out. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have too much to say other than that, though. Uh, I did really like it, and, and you guys have pretty much covered what I liked about it. Um, I like the characters a lot, and I like the, the main character. And uh, the design of the creature is super cool. I do, yeah. I do like this. I love how the use of color, just black and red, because obviously those two colors complement each other very well in very mm-hmm. different ways. But just to see how most of this creature is, like, we don't see any defining features of it, mostly. You just know, okay, there's the mouth, there's drooling blood, that, or we assume is drooling blood. And it's just terrifying. It is, it is easily something that you can see in a nightmare. Like, Ryan, you said earlier, it's Bloodborne shit. This is easily a Bloodborne monster you have to fight. Oh yeah, the uh, the the visual like horror of his friends being killed. Oh yeah, is so visceral. His friends reaching out for him, and then the next panel, like he's cut in half. Like oh my I god, can't feel I can't feel my seen, uh, uh, Yeah, I haven't seen something like that in the comic book. It's uh, I don't think ever. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, 
I've seen clips of gore porn horror, mm-hmm. but for some reason, just watching James or reading James see his friends get literally eviscerated. Oh man, it's literally James Tynion. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, it, that's yeah. what he looks like. He wears glasses and like that. Yeah. He's writing himself Tynion. Yeah. Okay, the the I before the O is is messing me up. I know, I know. He's talked about it. That's why I'm just saying. Oh, um, his blog is called Tiny Onion. So think of that. Tiny Onion, Tynan. Tynan. Uh, um, the, the whole thing, just real quick, like he's talked about before. He's like, so yeah, the whole thing is that when their Irish uh, ancestors came over through Ellis Island, they refused to like spell it the way it's supposed to be. And so they spelled it wrong because he's like, it's supposed to be spelled T-Y-N-A-N. And his family is just stubborn and they were like we still pronounce it the way it's supposed to be said but it's spelled <laughs> stupid <laughs> i uh uh i love the world building in this book because they give us so very little of it in these first five issues but like erica's clearly working for some organization there's a dude with a dragon there's an asshole there's an asshole there's yeah, a dude with a dragon tattoo that's been like crossed out he's like he's like working for some big organization uh-huh. um i love the introduction of all the characters and how like we meet them at different points and then of course they all like come together i think it's just it's just so well so well, so well done um again i, I think the painting it's so good. That's uh, it. The pacing. I, I agree with the pacing thing. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, that I really th- I, I I got a lot of vibes from, from witches uh, when we were watching when we were seeing the kids die. Although I don't think yes. witches ever actually went that hard uh, in it. It did remind me like he was like the writer was kind of doing his own take on what Jock does in general in that moment. Yes. Um, I, I thought that all worked really well. I could definitely makes- see. I could definitely see why, why you got the witches in your head because it does it remind me of witches a little bit too but um i feel like witches was a little more grotesque yeah in what in what um the witches were like when we saw a witch whereas this one um like i want to talk about earlier about the why i like the design of this monster so much is because there's no detail it's just a black mass yeah i mean because when you look into um going to bloodborne again sorry guys when you go to bloodborne and when you see the um, the detail, the absolute grotesque Lovecraftian horror detail of these monsters, it's stick, it sears in your mind. But with this one, it's just, uh, it's just a void. It's like it, um, it's a, a tax monster. block. Yeah, it's it's a monstrous void. Yeah, it is, it is exactly like a tax block monsters. It's just a monstrous void where all you know is there's a mouth there and that can chop me in half. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the ending of of, of issue five. Because uh, we're talking about it, but like it's what made me want to immediately keep reading. Like, there's there's different classes of monsters. Oh, this is a class. You, we thought this was a class five E or class five B. Whatever this monster was, it now is making monsters mm. out of children. So the next volume, it's like you have to hunt down you have to hunt down <laughs> children. So now Erica is the one killing the children. That's incredible. Like the, the, it's always going to be about what's killing the children. The kid, the kid who they find in that in that nest. When that, uh, when she's like, I'm okay, I'm not dead. I'm like, you're a monster. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Tommy's little sister just dead in the pile. So sad. Yeah. Uh, uh, the so, art, the art's so good. Like, I'm not, I'm not familiar with this artist, but like, this is like a career making book, like for real. No, this is definitely. Uh, I accidentally, because when I was reading this book, I read it elsewhere, and then it wasn't in a trade format, so I, I had the issues to me. I accidentally read up to issue six instead of issue five. But even though I, I went another issue over, I kind of was like, man, 
I kind of want to really go back to this book because I really, really yeah, enjoy it. It would not take you long to catch up. Yeah, you no, know, it would we're, not. We're, three we're, volumes are out. Yeah, we're only it's seventeen only. issues into the series. So yeah, yeah. and just I because the more, the more like like you guys said, it's a slow burner. But the more I read, the more I was intrigued. The more I wanted to know. Like you, you see the asshole, you see the tattoo. It's like there's a monster killing cult up in here. I want to know what's going on. You get the kid who has his sight now. I was like, is he going to join the monster killing cult now? <laughs> Um, what's what exactly? I like Erica's eyes, her eyes are much bigger than everyone she else. Has, she has like, anime eyes, yeah. You can definitely, I mean, no pun intended here, but she has seen some, shit yeah, uh, literally and figuratively. And also, the, the masks, what's what? the octopus? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, can, yeah. I, can I ask any questions about the octopus? No, you can't, <laughs> Jimmy. You can't ask any questions about the octopus. I love that. I love it. Um, this is freaking haunted. Holy also, shit. like. It's such a simple design, but like it's so it's like it is already so classic of just like the like the monster mask that she wears, and just like like the evil grin, like that's so simple, but like that like I immediately like that iconic. is iconic, iconic. That is like I will always know. Oh, that's something killing the children. Like yeah. that is like that's so cool. Like how a cosplayer a cosplayer can literally be a blonde haired girl in a tank top with black pants, but she has that bandana. And you're exactly, like, something's killing children. Yeah, uh, they sell like, that. They sell that so, mask. They've been selling yeah. that mask since the pandemic started. That's, yeah, it's smart. I'm gonna get one. Um, I'm not, not uh, gonna I wanna... when I saw when I saw her wear the bandana, I was like, hold up, isn't that that one chick from Kada, the um, League of Legends K-pop fam? Because we're all oh, oh, with the no. team. I was like, man, yeah. she's going hard. Yeah. Uh, I want to highlight uh, the moment, the first time, very first time before this, when I first read the first issue, that made me go, oh, I'm gonna like this this book. It's actually Jimmy talking to the principal. Um, oh yeah. It's uh, it's the principal saying like man, I shouldn't be unloading on you like this. And it's like, no, I like you. Uh, you know, the the uh, the old guy, he never swore or cried in front of me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a hell of a job. And he's just basically like, you know, are you doing all right? You take care out there. Here's movie day. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not all right. Not even a little. And he's like, yep, that's life. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And I'm like, that's so, like, so real genuine yeah. in a way that just like, most stories and and comics are part of that but like just stories in general won't go that mile with stuff like this traumatic events uh with with bit characters like we never see the principal again it's just this one moment yeah like the principal hasn't come back uh at least as far as i've read in the series and like it, it's still so important to have these different levels of like there are the people who are like blaming him or the people who are afraid of him or bullying him or the people who are ambivalent about it or just kind of feel sorry uh and to have like just a side character some minor character interaction that conveys like hey i just know this sucks and i'm sorry and i'm here it's, for you it's just uncommon i, I mm. cannot tell you how much of how much of a brush a brush breath of fresh air it was to see someone in an educator role like this principal just be like you okay just like talk because i feel like with a lot of educators and even what edu what some educators are especially with my experience growing up they really have to they always set themselves up as like um this is a bad analogy i'm sorry i was like i am master you are pupil you learn from me you i cannot they can't they only talk to you on a personal level when either you're out of their grade or you left the school entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, seeing this seeing this educator character just be like, yo, dude, you're right. Yeah, I mean, like just straight offering is like, hey, you want to go home for the rest of the day? I ain't gonna get mad at you. Go home, relax. Oh, it's movie day. You enjoy that movie. Sorry you're feeling like crap. I'm feeling like crap too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um 
I, I think there's just a lot of really great stuff in this story. And I do think it's all just like these characters are really good. They're really, they feel very present, very real, very relatable, even though they're going through like things that are not what we go through, but the pain is understandable. Um, yeah. And it's translated well. Uh, I think we, the, the last pages of issues are always really good. Uh, the one where we, the only time we have seen so far in these five issues, uh, what the octopus actually looks like, which is when she opens the, the oh my god, it's like door, a and it's the it's like yellow, a golden goddess, <laughs> yeah, spirit, um, like half mermaid. A lot of great stuff in here. Yeah, uh, I I'm I'm truly stoked to have shared this with you guys. I I hope you guys pick up the rest of the series at some point just to like peruse through it because yeah. uh, I'm definitely gonna work on catching up now. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my last thoughts are uh, I because we obviously we read a new comic every <clears> week and like some comics five issues you'll have a whole entire story and like. I love that, like, we've gotten to just the beginning and it's like we've gotten to just know who these characters are so, like, they can go through the big shit later. Because um, it's going to be, like, so much more satisfying on, you know, like, issue 20 or whatever. So, like, uh, I'm glad I've been picking the series up uh, and I can catch back up. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to, um, not trade weight, but I'm definitely going to pick up the trades when I see them. Sure. Uh, you know, like it's doing well. Like you don't. This is a good one. This yeah, isn't yeah. one you got to be like worrying about. Well, I got to show my support. Like it's doing fine. Um, it's got a movie, like, TV series coming out. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, you want You want to pick up the support? Like, absolutely. It's definitely. It is definitely a book that when um, next time when we go to a comic book convention, I'm gonna. That's. I'm gonna have my list of books I'm gonna need to pick up. It's gonna be Immortal Hulk. Something's killing the children. These are the volumes uh, I need. Let's see how many I can get. Uh, just in these last couple weeks, they announced the first uh deluxe edition that's collecting the first 15 issues mm -hmm. um it's coming with a nice like big slip cover if you want it uh it's like 48 if you don't but if you get the slip cover it's 60 but the slip cover is like all black with her mask yes. design on the front uh and so anyway that's out there um i'm just glad we did it because uh if there are listeners who like you're probably going to want to check this out at some point because i'm sure when the show hits it's going to go big oh yeah so uh if you want to check this out like get in now while it's easy Easy yeah. peasy. Mm -hmm. All right, Any final thoughts, Brandon? No, I mean, yeah, you guys said pretty much everything I would have said. Okay. Um, shall we do? Shall, shall, shall we get out of here then? Who's yeah. next, book club? That's it's that Ben. And guess what, guys? For once, I actually know exactly what I want to do. Uh, what is so, it? So, unfortunately, last week, um, uh, Richard Donner passed away. And I bought this book essentially because it has name on it. I've always wanted to read it. I never had a chance to. So, of course, I mean, it sucks that he passed away. For, it, it sucked that for Richard Donner to pass away to get me to read it. It is Superman, Last Son by Jeff Johns and Richard Donner as the writers. And Adam Kubert is the artist. Yay, Adam Kubert. Um, we don't know what it collects at that point, right? Is it action comics or is it a miniseries? I'm not 100% sure. All I know is it just it's doesn't really say on the back exactly what it collects um, we'll figure it out yeah very cool looking forward to reading that superman mm -hmm. uh next week we're going to be recording this on a saturday uh just heads up mm -hmm. and we're going to be talking about snake eyes gi joe origins <laughs> um so yeah stay tuned for that and then jungle cruise and then the suicide squad so we had a fun <laughs> couple weeks okay uh superman last sun the first three parts were published as Action Comics 844 to 846. Then there was a delay to give Kubert sufficient recovery time from health issues. Aww. So the fourth part was delayed and released as issue 851. 
And then the 11th annual of Action Comics completed the story. So it's five total issues. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What were the first three issues? Eight. Uh, 844 okay. to 846. For whatever reason, I thought you said 444, and I was like, that's quite a gap to wait for Kubrick. To- <laughs> no, 800, 844 to 846. Then they do, they bounced around on four other issues before they came back for 851 and then followed up with the annual. Yeah. Very cool. So stay tuned for that. And of course, Ooh. Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. See you, Mag. Bye, Mag. Thanks. Oh, good night, Mag. Uh, good night, good night, Mag. Also, Mag, thank you so much for uh, sending me pictures of uh, Super Nintendo World when you went to Universal Studios. It's under nice. construction right now, and it looks gorgeous. And man, I cannot wait because I've been watching a whole lot of videos about going to Japan into that theme park, and I really want to go. Seeing how high he was going to get. Um, all right, you can check out our other shows. Um, you know, our our audio shows. Conversation, uh, new episode out soon. Um, and of course, you can check out our, our the rest of our YouTube channel. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. You can check out our other stuff. Uh, we've got our Fake Nerds Watch. The last episode of Loki, Fake Nerds Watch, is coming. That's coming this week, episode six. We, we conquered that 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 Fake Nerds Watch, all right. Yeah, we I did. Can't believe it. And I can't believe it that we conquered it. What? And then uh, we have the What If series. Will be our next Fake Nerds Watch. Um, coming soon. That's August 11th. So sometime after that will be uh, that. Um, other type of fake nerds watches are, are in the pipeline. Ben and I. Oh wait, no, we might be doing this as Anime Station. Whatever, we're doing the thing. It'll probably be up sometime this by the end of by the beginning of next week. I think we hope to do of uh, the Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy. We're going to do season two and then season three when it drops. Optimus. Um, and I'm hopefully going to partner with Cookie from Just a Little Podcast to do. Star Trek Lower Decks, Fake Nerds Watch. Hell yeah. I love oh. them. I need um, to sign up for a free trial for uh, Paramount Plus again so I could watch that show. I loved it so much. Or you could... you. <clears throat> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> cool, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to cough too. Cough. <laughs> um, hopefully uh, myself, Cookie, and uh, Mike, and Sheila uh, from uh, the now defunct Hardly Heroes uh, will get together and do some star trek victors watches well, this year. awesome yeah um we we talked about doing discovery season four and then picard season two when it drops so that'd be cool yeah 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 um and you can check out our basement arcade series that's up here and our basement arcade pause menu series uh both of which are available on this channel and Fakner book club currently on hiatus um you can check out our back catalog of that where we talk about some some pretty cool comics guys it's a comic book thing if you like comics you like Fakner book club and you can check out that's also an audio you can check out our newest show, Animation Station, which I mentioned a little bit up top. Uh, this Sparks' uh, inaugural show. It's our freshman show um, where we talk about animation and, all, and the like. Well, guys, we thought we beat it, but the Delta variant is apparently pretty bad. You thought you you thought I was bad. Wait till you meet my variants. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, so hey, we still have masks. Fickner podcast masks. You want some more masks? Get some masks. Uh, yeah, I mean, are... If if you're unvaccinated, please wear masks. But also, more importantly, please please just go get vaccinated. Uh, I, real quick, uh, uh, not that they listen to this podcast, uh, but this girl at work, she's like, "Yeah, I just don't think I'm gonna get vaccinated," and I had to walk away before I said something mean because, <laughs> like, you're just dumb. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, some, awesome. Someone really, someone really close to Megan and I hasn't been gotten vaccinated yet, and also almost did international travel soon. Oh yes, and that's right. Vaccinated, and I'm like, "Yo, I really like 
I don't know how much longer you can push this. One also, of one of one of uh, my do I know this person? No. Okay. no. Uh, also, real quick for me, when I was at Lost Levels earlier today, a bunch of people were coming in not wearing masks, and luckily some of them they're like, "Oh yeah, we do," and they put them on, which is fine. But there were a few who were like, "Oh, we have to wear those again." Like, yeah, LA County, oh. we have to, there's Look, a mandate out, and they were all kind of grumpy about it. And I'm just like, saying saying as a person who in their workspace like. Practic, pra- very few people who come through my workspace anymore are wearing masks, whether that's the people visiting or the people who are working there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, if you are vaccinated, I'm like, you know what? It's your reward. Like, go ahead. I'm still wearing one, but that's a personal preference. Like, you you go crazy. Um, but uh, if you're not vaccinated, like, yeah, just please wear them or you're, you're going to get sick and it sucks. Like, yeah. and I think that the thing that, again, like, I'm going to stress just, I don't know who listens to us that wouldn't be vaccinated or still is listening who would care, but like, know that it's not just dying. Like coronavirus can still suck in a lot of ways. There are people who got sick and they haven't recovered their senses of taste or smell or they're breathing. Like you don't want this. So just, just please go get vaccinated. I count myself lucky for getting off as scot-free as I did. Yeah. Links in the description to our masks. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, um, I got too real. Apologies, Brandon. <laughs> check I, out guess, our... I guess we're clearly all frustrated a little with society. I mean, I, it's just funny because, like, <laughs> my final thoughts on this because I can't talk about it anymore. But like at work, we were like, "Man, like, like, are they going to lift the mask m- mandate or whatever?" And then like a day later, it's like, "L.A. County's back to wearing masks inside," and we're just like, "This is never ending. It's like mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. It's a cycle we can't ever truly." People escape. are just too dumb. It sucks. Uh, right, Links in the description. Links in the description for our mess. Um, and of course, you can su- you can support us on Patreon. Uh, we got four tiers up on Patreon. Our shirt, our current shirt is "Don't Be a Dick," um, which re- ended up being relevant. Um, you can subscribe to that on the ten dollars tier. Um, you know, but you gotta be you gotta be subscribed for the whole three months for to get it. I'm not gonna, not not none of this one month crap. One and doneers. Whoa, I didn't know that. Damn, oh. new, new rules mm. but but because you know if you if you if you subscribe like like a day before the the 31st or whatever i'll do it yeah whatever i was gonna say like what if what if we get like the ten dollar subscribers who subscribe in the last month no that that's what i'm saying i'm saying i'm saying if you subscribe on on what hell month july 1st and you end your subscription on july 31st no 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 mm. Playing flat, fast and loose with our subscribers, I see. I mean, or I might. I might not. If care. you gave us ten dollars and then dipped, no, no, no. <laughs> Under their house, you take the shirt back. I mean, I have to send them. I don't care. <laughs> All right, maybe I won't give a shit. Do whatever you want. Um, but or subscribe to our one dollar tier. It's a lot cheaper. Um, yeah, our T Public also. You can check out our. We have tons of other merchandise up on our T Public. Uh, mask actually um mugs stickers uh wall art throw pillows someone buy a throw pillow please oh my god <laughs> i really want i really want to know who would do that um and you can check out our website where you can find all these links as well as the link as well linked below um at fakenerdpodcast.com thank you to everyone who listens and thank you to everyone who watched our live stream and thank you to everyone who watched the replay just thank you to everyone who's, who supports us in that way um i you know, regardless of the of the old grump that just left the room, uh, I love all of our sub- supporters, no matter how long you do it. Um, <laughs> and you can check out 
Uh, thank you to Jerry Bellucci who did our interim music for the rest of, for the whole episode as well as all of our themes for for our spinoffs. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. He has a podcast, Suburban Proctologist. You can find that on iTunes or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola who's done our logos for us and hopefully we'll do a collaboration soon now that Loki is over. August is pretty empty, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, this, this is a pretty great. cool logo right here. For you audio listeners, it's the Fickner Podcast the logo that's going to. Um, and you can check out him at Mike Matola. He's doing, the, I think, a short film right now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, or it's a feature link. I don't mean to assume the length of your film. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FicknerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me just trying to get through this California heat at Ben Mac at 27. I didn't have a funny one this time. But also, you can find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine. Hey, guess what? There might have not been a new Old School Gamer Magazine article that I came up for this episode. That's because I was writing it before we started recording. But one is coming, and it might show up later tonight or maybe tomorrow. Depends on when I need to go to sleep. But yeah, OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. I talk about old school video games, base arcade, pause menu, and other episodes in the works. And by saying the works, it means I need to talk to people and see if they can come on. But yay. Sparks. Are you people? I'm people. Are you people? No, I'm Ryan. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, you can find me keeping that Shark Week train going <laughs> at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter as P-A-R-K-E-Z Witty. I just remembered the joke. I'm not a people person. I'm barely a person. There you go. Yeah. Ryan. Hey guys, DJ Tony Snark everywhere, all the time. All right, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us, like this video, and subscribe to this channel. And until next week, guys, beware the wolves of the sea. Oh! Stay fake.